Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line as we launch into another week of fun and excitement here on Free Talk Live. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are on the site free, so enjoy all that. Those other talk show hosts in the, uh, the talk radio business want to charge you for accessing their websites. Ours is free, and it's bigger, and uh, hopefully you'll think better. Go to freetalklive.com and see it all for yourself. Again, that's freetalklive.com. I've got an email, Mark, I want to start things out with tonight because uh, we mentioned it, or I mentioned it on the Saturday show, and we didn't have a chance to get to it. So with that in mind, here is another viewpoint on the year 2012. We recently had somebody call into the program. It might be a two or three weeks back at this point. But we had someone call in who was trying to convince us that the end of the world is coming in yeah. 2012. It's the times of tribulation, the end times, the Mayan calendar predicts it, and blah, blah, blah. That sort of stuff. It doesn't seem to be isolated only to uh, people that believe that the Mayan calendar predicts it. Apparently, there's all kinds of indicators that, in fact, 2012 is is it. And we had some guy uh, not too long ago claim that, of course, there's three and a half years of tribulation as predicted by the Bible. So, therefore, we're all in trouble come September or something. Oh, September in uh, 2009? I don't know, whatever, something like that. There's all, all kinds of predictions out there, and usually they have to do with some sort of religious or biblical uh, trend. And so I wanted to share something a little bit different. This is from Alex. He says, hey, Ian, I'm writing in to offer an alternate take on a recent topic, the uh, the apocalyptic worldview surrounding the year 2012. First off, I don't claim to know with any certainty what will or won't come to pass in the potentially final half decade of human existence. But I feel that there's an aspect of this topic that hasn't been brought up yet. While most of the Internet's 2012 offerings tend toward the paranoid, the rambling, and the purely speculative, mm-hmm. a handful of slightly more coherent theories and websites actually make some interesting points. The reason why I think you'll like these theories is because they're uh, focused on two of your favorite things, technology and drugs. The central figure responsible for the theory I'm about to mention is a man named Terence McKenna, who died in the year 2000. McKenna's entire adult life was dedicated to making sense of the meaning of the psychedelic experience and was mainly concerned with psilocybin mushrooms, DMT, salvia divinorum, and, of course, cannabis. In his early mushroom trips, he became obsessed with an ancient Chinese pattern known as the King Wen sequence of the I Ching, which he claimed led him to discover an algorithm dubbed Timeware Zero that plots the progression of history as measured in terms of net novelty for each epoch epoch of time when he claimed what he claimed excuse me what he then claimed was that when different hypothetical end dates are entered into the program a novelty curve could be plotted representing various events backward through time he then proclaimed that when december 2012 was used as the end date the curve exhibited an improbably high correlation with earth's history including critical spikes when the dinosaurs died out when major empires collapsed etc Terence McKenna claimed that he found out about the Mayan calendar's end date, also being December 2012, after performing his analysis, and wondered if there was something about the mushrooms they both happened to be taking that somehow contained within it information about the fate of existence. After all, he and many others have wondered out loud if perhaps psilocybin mushrooms played a key role in the development of mankind's creative drive and artistic abilities. I've, I've, you know, I've mentioned that theory on the air a couple, a few times. Maybe there's more to the shroom than meets the eye, says Alex. Now, the shroom predicts the future? Well, 
Maybe. I don't know. That's what he's getting at here. Uh, he also says, of course, to even humor the idea that the end of time has been known by certain stoned visionaries, such as Mayan calendar makers for thousands of years, implies strongly that the universe has some sort of purpose, goal, or target state. Now, this doesn't sit well with modern atheists, but it doesn't really conflict with the notion that seems popular with the Free Talk Live hosts recently, that is, that in some sense we are all one or that we are all God. So while viewing the universe in spiritual terms may itself be scientifically void, it's important to remember that our daily lives aren't scientific. They're based on our experiences and perceptions, which are still highly mysterious and spiritual concepts for the most part. What McKenna put forward was this, that 2012 may not be an apocalypse of terror, but rather a spiritual revolution. 2012 could be the technological singularity that Ray Kurzweil spoke of so fondly, and... Most interestingly, 2012 may not represent the end of the world, but rather the end of time. Now, what's the difference? Well, consider the premise that 2012 turns out to be the year that the first basic time travel device comes into existence. Consider further that it turns out that time travel requires both a transmission and reception device. Uh, once a basic data link is established with the future, we will see our current exponential rate of technological growth suddenly become a purely vertical line with respect to time. We'll see the onslaught of new technology occur faster than can be accounted for by normal human cognition, and our thoughts will be su surpassed by the massive intelligence of the central information network. At the same time, we will realize that we're all now free to roam around for the rest of our insanely longer lives at any point in the future we'll see fit. And he says, this may sound like a stretch, but I, don't, but I thought it deserved to be mentioned. While I don't see myself as a believer in these concepts, they're fun to think about. It's also interesting to view the last few hundred years from, the, from a hypothetical future end date and then to contemplate what it all meant looking backwards. To borrow one last time from McKenna, he suggests that the violence, wars, and turmoil of the past few centuries was possibly a macrocosm of a childbirth. Any outside observer who didn't know what was going on would be incredibly alarmed to witness a childbirth as it would appear that the mother was dying. In the end, though, something beautiful and natural was born. Likewise, the looming technological and spiritual singularity could be the last day in a long pregnancy that will eventually deliver us to the natural, plentiful, and completely free society that we now understand to be the only potentially peaceful course for humankind. I love what he wrote. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I, I, I think it's... Um a bunch of gobbledygook. Um, you know, I mean, the stoned guy on, uh, on <laughs> mushrooms. No, no, he doesn't have any insight. And I agree with him. This is all very fun to think about. And I think that the guy wrote the email. You know, it was excellent. Yeah. But other than that, I, um, I, I, I've got nothing really to say. There's uh, no... No, we're not going to find a time travel device in 2012. Yeah, I wasn't too fond of the uh, the time travel idea. I think it's I interesting though. Like now, now imagine for a moment. I this is the fun to think about part. Okay, um, instead of people zapping across time, suppose you could just get the data link across time. You know, there's a uh, obviously mm. you could make the uh, the the transmission and the reception devices. I mean, that's clear. Yeah. Here's the transmission device and I'll move, you know, I'll, I'll I'll age and 40 years from now I'll have the you know, um transmission, you know, re reception device or whatever. So, you know, the um you've got these two and if you could move data across that particular continuum, then that's that would be a, that in and of itself was would be amazing. The, the things that he's talking about in there, how um, you know, sure it would. essentially there would be, you know, there, people wouldn't age any longer and all that other stuff, um, insanely long lives, that kind of thing. That would all happen right then. 
Well, I, I see the time travel portion of the the whole vision as kind of unnecessary. Uh, I, you know, I don't know, I don't, I'm no scientist or anything like that, so I, I don't even have a, a, a grasp of time travel beyond you know what I've seen in Back to the Future, right? So uh, with that in mind, I, it doesn't seem uh, t- that there's a point to time traveling, in that if the singularity, or rather when the singular- singularity happens, and do you know the definition of the singularity, Mark? Um, How I've, you describe I've, it? I've, all I've ever heard is uh, the terminology used by uh, Mobile Digit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I only know the singularity as uh, something that must be singular. No, as from what I understand, and I'm, I could be mistaken on this, but my understanding of the singularity is basically when artificial intelligence gets to the point where it can program itself. Skynet. Okay, you can call it that if you want. That's kind of a, a bad-sounding version of the singularity. Right, but the singularity is going to kill us. Hopefully it won't do that. Hopefully uh, it will appreciate where it came from. Why would once it? it came, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I know. That if the singularity is uh, smarter and can, and can compute itself, it will immediately recognize us as a virus that needs to be exterminated. <laughs> I think that if the singularity was as smart as it should be, it would realize that the government people are the virus and they should be eliminated. I don't think so. No, no. No. Well, anyway, that's what, from what I understand, the singularity is. It's uh, the point where artificial intelligence can program itself, and it's no longer reliant on human input in order for it to advance. And so we've seen technology roughly doubling over a year-long period, and I think that's Moore's Law. But once technology can create technology... Moore's Law is out the window. Yeah, it's uh, uh, over a seconds-long period. And that's when we get to that point in that, you know, the, the chart where the line just pretty much goes straight up off into infinity. Let's talk more about this and take your calls as well about whatever you want. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they're free. So enjoy those, including the archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, just click and download to enjoy all of uh, as much of you can possibly, as much Free Talk Live as you can handle, because we give away an entire year free front page of the website for you at freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project. It's your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the Second American Revolution, go to freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. So some people believe that in the year 2012, the world is going to end. Jesus and the Amayans and everybody said so. And look out, everyone. Prepare for the end. And then some people are saying that 2012 may actually be the year of the singularity, which is kind of an interesting uh, topic to discuss. I don't know if there's any real... um, evidence to say for sure that it's going to happen in 2012, but it's an interesting speculation. Uh, Nonetheless, the idea that the singularity being that uh, artificial intelligence will at that point be able to program itself, that, uh, that, that computers essentially will be able to improve upon themselves without the input of their human original creators, and that would be the singularity, because at that point, then, everything changes. Because we've seen technology speeding up and speeding up, and our lives, of course, getting busier and busier. And uh, the, the singularity would result in things happening even faster. 
Uh, as our emailer put it, faster perhaps than we might even be able to comprehend. Maybe not in the very beginning, but inevitably the computing power will speed and speed up, speed up, and speed up faster than we could have ever programmed ourselves. So you'll see again that graph of technologies kind of swinging up this sort of uh, this curve that it just goes off into infinity forever. Uh, basically, will basically go up at a straight line at at a certain point. And you have to ask yourself. What will things be like at that point? It's it's actually hard for us to fathom with our minds. I mean, because we're so locked into our routines with uh, you know 24 hours in the day, and you know time is it's it's a concept that we created to kind of keep track of how many times the Earth goes around the sun and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. That way, people can set appointments for one another. But there are people in uh, you know the, these tribes in the middle of nowhere that don't have any sort of uh, contact with the real world, if you will, or our world, that if you tell them you'll meet, if you tell tell a tribesman you want to meet him somewhere at high noon tomorrow, he's not going to know what you're talking about. So time doesn't mean the same thing to those people as it does to us. What will time mean when these computers are out there increasing the uh, rate of technological development beyond anything we've ever imagined? I mean, Will time effectively speed up because more is happening in a uh, a shorter period of time? I mean, certainly the Earth is still going to revolve around the sun in the same amount of times and all that, but things are going to be really different about uh, the way things work in that kind of an environment. Well, I, it, it leaves me baffled as to what the world will be like, but I know that uh, you know there's there's 70 and 80 year old people sending emails and um, you know going about the internet, and if you want to be plugged into this kind of uh, thing you can have that and if you don't want to be plugged into it you can have that too so you know it's it doesn't worry me oh no i'm not worried either it's just kind of fun to think about the idea as to what you know so much more will be able to be done in a 24-hour period once the singularity event actually occurs as compared to what can be done now and of course the machines will be able to improve themselves and will be able to, I mean, if they don't exterminate us all, Mark, right. we'll be able to... Uh, this, the machines will be able to quickly ex- right. exterminate us all. We will be able to essentially meld with these machines at some point through uh, nanotechnology, biomechanics, uh, where basically, you know, these little nanobots could essentially enter your body and start uh, melding you with a biomechanical structure or to allow you to perhaps live forever. The, perhaps the machines will uh, keep the good parts that they like and uh, just exterminate <laughs> the rest of it. I don't know, Mark. I try to have a positive vision about <laughs> I mean, the the future. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not so sure. I, I look forward to the day that machines become sentient. sentient? Yeah, I, I don't. I, I'm sorry. The Terminator was. Uh, you know, it just makes too much sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then then there's that line from the Matrix well, where uh, Agent Smith said, or yeah, as Agent Smith says that, uh, you know, humans are like. They destroy everything they touch. Well, you know, I think that's one of the reasons why it's imperative that we uh, throw off the chains of the government. Uh, That way, by the time the singularity happens, they won't be around anymore to influence yeah, it. I'm not sure that the government has much to do with it. I mean, I, I, it, it depends on how one well, looks if, at if it. Well, if somebody's going to create an evil machine, it's most likely going to be the, you know, the military-industrial complex. That's how it seems. I mean, the, the people that make the iRobot vacuum cleaners, they also make killer robots for the military, they and do. most of their money goes to developing the killer robots. So if, if all we had was people that were asking for robots that were helpful in the marketplace, then maybe we'd be more likely to have a positive outcome. Mm. So, want to talk to you about whatever uh, you want. You can comment on this, 800-259-9231. Let's talk. First, Dave in Athens, listening to WAIS. Hello, Dave. Dave? Athens? 
I hear somebody. Hi, guys. Hey, Dave. What's on your mind? Hey, I don't think it'll be the end of the world. I think it'll just be changing our society. It'll definitely change society. Yeah, everything is going to change once the machines can uh, work on themselves. Yeah, I mean, I don't believe 2012 is the end of the world, though. Oh, that's good. I don't think anybody here believes it either, necessarily. Yeah. It's just going to... I mean, if the when the, uh, the when we get to the point where machines become sentient, then everything will change about yeah. how our lives are. That whether, much is true. Whether that means we're exterminated or we become biomechanical and live forever, I don't know what that means, but uh, things are going to be a whole lot different at that time. Yeah. All right, I'll call you guys next Hey, week. Dave, would you, would you uh, meld yourself with the machines if you had the chance? Dave? He's gone. Huh? And would you meld with the machines if you had the chance? I might. You might. All right. Very good. Thanks for the answer. Appreciate the call. Hey, he's considering it. I I think it's exciting. Personally, I like the idea. And you're assuming he'd he'd have the option. Yes. Yeah. Again, we're taking a positive view of the future, Mark. <laughs> we? I I am. Got a mouse in your pocket. Those those of me uh, those who are like me and that we don't want to be negative Nancys. How about that? There's no reason to talk about how the entire human race is going to be exterminated because, I mean, first of all. We're going in this direction, right, Mark? I mean, but machines are getting there's smarter. There's going to be a big, sentient machine at some point. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, how it's going to view us little <laughs> creatures, um, I, not so good. I mean, you know, the, the, I, the, my opinion is, how do we view the flies? I know I have something mm. called a device called a fly swatter. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering, you know, what, what, <laughs> what he's going to call the device he uses to uh, get rid of the annoying humans with. It is a good question. Hopefully it doesn't come to that. I understand the negativity. It's been reinforced by popular (laughs) culture. And, I mean, besides, what television show or movie would be exciting if the theme was, oh, look at all these helpful machines. They're just here cooking for us and and taking out the garbage. And I mean, that's not really an exciting movie. I mean, you've got to have killer machines in order to have an entertaining film. Yeah, and plus you can can kill machines without quite the uh, violence level that you can kill humans. You know, so if you have, uh, you know, a robot army coming after you, you can shoot the robot army in the head. You don't have brains splattered everywhere you know the little zapping of electrodes isn't isn't nearly as exciting as uh you know or as bad it's this as disgusting to some people as uh, brains being shot all over the place you know what i mean the toll-free number here is 800-259-9231 so interesting to think about what life will be like once once we get to the point where we can actually meld ourselves with technology to possibly live forever because if you can live forever then what does time really mean at that point? I mean, time is important to us because we have a certain amount of things that we want to get done before we croak, right? Uh, But if you're never going to croak, then it doesn't matter if your meeting is tomorrow or next week. Lots of naps. Yeah. Well, you wouldn't even need naps. If you were melted with a machine, sleep would be unnecessary. So you really would get more done in a 24-hour period. More coming up. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they're free, so enjoy those on us. And those include the bulletin board system. You can get interactive. 
with a whole bunch of different uh, listeners. Got about 2,000 people on there talking about all kinds of different issues. Serious to fun. You'll find it free at bbs.freetalklive.com. You know, I was uh, on the jumptees.com website, and uh, have you have you gone to this website and taken a look at uh, any of these T-shirts, Ian? You know what? Uh, you know that you caught me flat-footed. Honestly, I have not done, gone and done it yet because I haven't been looking to buy a T-shirt. There's some, there's some pretty funny ones out there. Um, do and they do they have like collared shirts? Because you know how I don't really wear T-shirts. For no, me. no, it's it's pretty much all uh, yeah. T-shirts from what from what I guess. I mean, you know, that basically what they're showing is uh, what's on the T-shirt. Oh, Oh, Rick Roll. Hey, yeah. that is cool. Yep. Okay, and, I'm uh, there right now. I, I particularly like the uh, the one that uh, says Chest Club um, in pink for the ladies. That's cute. I don't know. It's funny. And then there's the Decidinator with uh, George Bush as uh, as uh, the Terminator. <laughs> uh, there's one with the uh, the front uh, the MySpace logo. It says Jailbait next to it. That's yeah. cute. Yep. Yeah, Good stuff. The alphabet. Is there anything it can't spell? Anyway, go to jumptees.com and uh, check out the uh, funny, clever, sexy T-shirts at jumptees.com. 800-259-9231 is the number for you. Bring up what you want. Let's talk to Matt in Illinois on the amp line. Hello, Matt. Good evening, Ian. Hello, sir. Good evening, Mark. What's on your mind? How are you? Uh, uh, you're talking about you're talking about some deep stuff tonight. Um, and uh, about the 2012 thing, uh, in the more positive vein of it, maybe 2012 just might be the year that we get rid of government. That would be nice. Just over the hill be. here. That's not too far off. And, and you know, it would make sense because to a lot of people, they think that would be the end of the world. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess that's the Good only point. sense that it makes. Um, I mean, you know, if, if you're, you're taking the premise that 2012 means something, and uh, I, however, am, am not prepared to take that premise. Um, I, you know, I, I don't know. It seems, seems awfully soon for government to go away to me, but... You know, I'm sure if you would have asked the people in uh, 1988 whether the Berlin Wall was going to go away next year, they'd have said, no. Nope. crazy. Yeah. Well, the, the year 2012 is actually uh, 2,500 and some odd years, I think 2,540 years to the Mayans. So some guy sat there making a calendar that lasted 2,540 years, which is the time it takes for the sun to move from one uh, zodiac sign backwards into the next zodiac sign and he said hmm i think i'm done i think that's the significance of the year 2012 to be perfectly honest with you and i very much doubt that machines will ever be able to build themselves really to think for themselves why do you why do you doubt that um because there's more to thinking than just the uh, electronic uh, aspect of it how do you know that can't be how do you know that can't be emulated the word can't is, a, is an awful strong word, and I don't know that it can't be. Okay. But the, likely, and the likelihood of it, the, the possibility of it, and the probability of it is very slim. Hmm. Uh, electronics just move a, an electron or a, a series of electrons from one spot to another. Or they isn't that essentially light, what's happening when your synapses are firing? Matt, isn't that essentially what's happening when synapses fire in your brain? I mean, those are electrical pulses. There's also chemical reactions taking place. Right, so biomechanical would be the answer. There are reactions that we just simply don't understand. Well, and me and you may not. We're not the ones researching it. There's a full aspect of it that I think that, uh, that people are missing. Um, if you ask me, uh, I would say that, that lesser animals, such as cats and dogs and birds and squirrels, actually have rudimentary rudimentary thought. Sure they do. You can't actually tell whether they contemplate things the same way we do or not because 
they wouldn't be able to communicate it to us. This is true. But they certainly seem to be able to communicate between themselves certain thoughts and emotions, mm-hmm. and we don't actually know what goes on in their little brains. It is true. We have a lot to learn and a ways to go. So I think personally, 2012 is a is a little too optimistic for the for the singularity. But uh, I I also am a little more optimistic in general about technology and, and where it can take us. And and I hope that you're wrong, Matt. I hope we do get to see that day because I think it'll be a really exciting uh, advancement for mankind. Again, as long as they don't exterminate us, then we could really. I'm, have some... I'm with Mark. I'd, I'd be a little bit afraid if machines start. <laughs> I'm I'm thinking in terms of the. Uh of the um uh, the uh, terminator and matrix too that's yeah. that, that seems to be where it would go because you got machines out there like like you said right now we make machines that kill they do nothing but kill and that's what they're programmed for and if you're going to think in terms of thought the first thoughts are going to be rudimentary thoughts thoughts of survival thoughts of uh how do i get energy which yeah. uh, you know they'd be eating in different ways than you know, they wouldn't eat food like we eat. They would eat oil or 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 sunlight or whatever. However, they're powered. Sure. Yeah. If we create anything like um, a, in the artificial intelligence, what we know as intelligence wants to replicate itself. It wants to consume. It wants to have uh, power over other things. <laughs> um, when you look when yeah. you look on down the old evolutionary chart, there, you know the the, the the, the the food cycle and all that thing. Everything wants to eat everything else. So the idea of creating something that can think better than you, bad idea. And then if we created some kind of a, of a slave class machine that would, say, do whatever we told it to do, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden that slave class machine was to get this idea in the head like, hey, we're slaves. Yeah, let's give let's give slave thoughts. Slaves. Let's Absolutely. give slave sh- um, slave machines the idea the, the power of abstract thought. There's a good idea, <laughs> and, and they're so much stronger than we are. Gee, I wonder if they could make some kind of projectile. Exactly. And so so I'm I'm not so, so sure that I'm so optimistic um, to that kind of thing happening, and, and I I very much doubt that it would be able to happen. I mean, hmm. we. See, that's where you and I deviate. Than machines think. Machines think in terms of ones and zeros. I can, yeah, I can but... program a machine to do what I want in terms of on and off. That's all it is. You're turning. I think you're oversimplifying it, my friend. Off. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you, that's where you and I deviate. Um, I'm afraid that I, I do absolutely believe that uh, somebody can create a, a machine that has artificial intelligence. Yeah, they're working that on will it. one day enslave and kill us all. <laughs> Thanks, Matt, for the call, and I appreciate the thoughts. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Yeah, I mean, to say that machines are too simple to be able to think. I mean, just really. It's well, you know, when you, you know, he says the ones and zeros, and I think your point, if you hadn't made it, I would have. All we are is the little chemical reactions and the little bit of electricity jumping from one synapse to the other inside of our brains. What is love? You know, mm. what is it? Is all it is is some kind of chemical release in your head. Right. Why that other person machine... isn't special. It's all it is is the you know the, the fatty gray matter inside your head. Something's happening in yeah. there. Uh, what Why is, is it that can't experience? be emulated? Why is it that can't be copied? It can, in my, as far it's as I abso- you know, absolutely can, and I suspect said, that uh, you're right. Um, you know, they're absolutely right. That, people that have said about that. visionaries for the longest time. Oh, that's not possible. Oh, you can't do that. But they can, and they have, and they've done it again and again. Yeah, I, you know, that 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 part I believe. <laughs> so the more you say they can't do it, the more they'll probably just be, pers- you know, uh, persistent and try to do it even harder. I think our only hope is the Isaac Asimov's rules for robots uh, from iRobot. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you remember that? Yeah, you, know. um, you shall you shall not hurt your 
humans or whatever. Yeah, you, you know, basically, if if that's in the uh, you know the if that's in like the lowest point of their programming, mm-hmm. then perhaps we have uh, you know have some kind of hope. But I don't know, man. I think worst case, Mark, uh, would be that we'd have two kinds of machines. One would be the killer machines designed by the government people, and uh, then the others would be those who would side with us, and they would fight against those machines. Isn't that possible? Um, I think that that's quite possible, that uh, you would have uh, machines that perhaps were dumber. You know, they were actually machines versus the artificial intelligence out there. But I think once you create the artificial intelligence, it's inevitable that it'll kill us. <laughs> if you want to take sides on this. And I don't think it has, it has necessarily has to have have anything so to do with negative. the government. You're, you're so pessimistic. I'm not trying to be pessimistic. Yeah, you are. I'm just suggesting, well, look, what are we doing to the um, the lower class uh, intelligences on this planet? I'm not doing anything. Subjugating them. Not me. I've seen you eat them. What? I've, wa- I've watched you eat the lower intelligence oh, on this planet. Oh, you mean like chickens and that sort of thing. Right. <laughs> I thought you so, meant human beings. There you go. Uh, this all, you, create, you create a new species that's smarter yes, than we are, wouldn't, wouldn't, more capable than we are minute, of, of thinking. But wouldn't one be uh, appreciative of one's creator? I mean, the machines would actually have a creator and would owe something. Maybe they would just feel that they evolved from us. And how do we more feel about chimpanzees? Way. You take control. Bring up anything. Free talk lot. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. Features are free on our site, so enjoy all those. And if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, then you can shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Enter Amazon through that link, and Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. Whatever it is that you need to buy in life, they probably sell it. Over 41 categories to shop in, including used items. So go and get your shopping done. Feel good because not only are you getting a great deal, you're getting the brands you trust, and Free Talk Live is also getting a cut. If you enter through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com, talking about the future, uh, the future of technology, what is it that you believe is going to happen? We've had uh, one caller suggest that he doesn't think that it's going to be uh, likely that machines will ever attain sentience, that they will ever be able to truly think for themselves and uh, thereby improve upon themselves without our assistance. I think it's uh, it's inevitable. Mark, you also believe it's inevitable, but you're kind of more of a pessimist about it. You believe that they will uh, see us as sort of termites or cockroaches and uh, endeavor to wipe us out. And uh, let's hear from you as to what you think. And go to Alex, who was the guy that wrote the email that started all this. Alex in New Jersey on the Amp Line. You're on Free Talk Live. Hi. Hey, Alex. Uh, I was just thinking that uh, I was talking to my friend about all this AI stuff, and he says that the brain is actually more analog than digital, but it is both. Okay. So you would have to have a computer that can do more than ones and zeros. It would have to be completely analog. Um, the other thing that I that I want to say is that the microprocessors that would be uh, making these AI bots run they would only have a certain amount of instructions because it's coded into their circuitry what instructions that they can do. So if they wanted to become smarter, they would have to uh, actually physically change the circuitry of themselves. And that's what happens in the brain. As we grow, the brain grows and it makes new connections. So it would have to be a physical process, not just changing the software. This is true. They would actually have to have effectively manufacturing plants of their own in order to churn out the next generation or to upgrade themselves. 
Right, right. It, it wouldn't just be a simple software thing. But uh, one thing I do want to ask you is, do you really want to live forever? I would like the option to, I mean, I, I, I would want the option to be able to, to I know I want to live longer than, uh, than today. And yeah. I, I suspect that's really the answer to the question. Uh, but yeah, I, I like what I mean. I like experiencing life, and I mean, if I got really bored with life, I would want the ability to terminate myself. But uh, otherwise, yeah, I would like to see what happens in the next thousand or two thousand years or something like that. Sure. Yeah, it's just a, a nice uh, philosophical question to ask. But I think that on uh, December twenty first, two thousand twelve, I think that's when Free State Projects. Can, is going to get 20,000 signatures. Oh, if Mark that has his cool. way, he'll it'll happen sooner. I'm having some real trouble. Um, You're I making need, that thing happen? Yeah, I, I need a list of um, telephone numbers for liberty-loving people. I can't get the Ron Paul list. Um, they're playing their cards too close to their vest. I can't get anything from the Libertarian Party. They sold party. their list to Bob Barr, didn't they? I, look, man, apparently I'm not Bob Barr. Okay. Um, you know, I can't get it. L- Libertarian Party won't sell you theirs either? The Libertarian Party, uh, you know, gave me a short, terse no. Hmm. Um, I That's because they don't like the Free State I, Project. I just can't get a list of liberty-loving people of you know telephone numbers. You I got need, the Advocates I, one, didn't you? The Advocates for Self Government. Yeah, but it's just it's it's. Um, I, I have an agreement it's for that. Enough. It's it's small and uh, yeah, just probably a bit old. So are you looking for ideas from our listeners as to wh- what other lists sure you could go after? It. Uh, so if you want to help Mark out with this, uh, call, uh, maybe uh, email him. Yeah, at please don't tell me that. The, please don't tell me that there's a list of uh, that I can get it, that somewhere on the internet I can contact somebody um, for a list of registered libertarian voters because I can't find that anywhere. Okay. If if you're going to tell me that, go find it yourself and bring it to me. Those aren't real good prospects anyway because just because someone registers as a libertarian, I need something, man. Yeah. I can't just call people out of the telephone book. That much is true. So you know, I'd, I'd rather have a registered libertarian voter, somebody who donated to Ron Paul, you know, some some kind of idea of some liberty loving type person and their telephone number, and then I can do this. Uh, so and back on the topic, Alex, uh, any other comments for us? Well, yeah, I just uh, regarding the destruction of government, I have a really nice idea that I tried today and uh, for the peaceful you know, uh, decimation of government, and anybody can try it, and it's real cheap. Hmm. I, had a, I was riding my bike down Main Street, and I had a, uh, like $5 and change in my backpack, and I saw there was this pickup truck, you know, municipal government plates, mm-hmm. and there was a parking meter guy. And he was coming out, and he was going to write everyone a ticket. He got his book out, and he was going to go check every single meter. Sure. So I rode my bike ahead of him, <laughs> and I had this roll of quarters in my hand, and I went cha-ching, 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 cha-ching in every single parking meter. They don't like that very much. They, uh, in many areas, that's actually yeah, a crime. It's, against, it's against the laws first, and uh, secondly, there are you know, I, I, certainly the, this city here that uh, Ian lives in, um, the, it, the, the, the parking uh, meter people People run in the red constantly, so it doesn't seem to me that uh, that's going to uh, destroy the government anytime soon. Well, it's just something to irritate them. Is that what you're getting at? It's, it's, it's like a protest, in a sense. Yeah, it's an interesting idea. I know Dave Ridley from RidleyReport.com has been thinking about doing something similar because he does, uh, from what I understand, it is illegal in New Hampshire and some cities. And so he was thinking about going and doing that and announcing in advance that he was going to do it. So if you're going to per- yep. participate in that, be prepared to go to jail because they very well could well, harass you. I don't or think that they'll you. send you to jail, but um, however, as a protest, I think it's ineffective in that most people are not thinking about parking meters um, in their, you know, even when they're parked on one, um, they don't know that you've put any money in. The only person that uh, possibly could figure it out might be, you know, whatever official doesn't want you doing it. So it's, you know, like, it's it's somewhat, weak. yeah, ineffective. But 
Not to say you should not no. do it. I, I, mean, I think that it's great that you that those people didn't get tickets because you put that money in. Maybe but an idea. That, maybe an idea to make it a little more effective would be to have like business cards or something like that that you could leave on their window to say, "Hey, I saved you five bucks today." You know, I'm from freekeen.com or or whatever uh, you want to promote. That's to them. a good idea. That would be a way to. Um, I mean, it, it still might bother someone that you put something on their windshield, but be better to get that business card than to get and, a now, five dollar ticket. One, yeah, once once they realize that you save them money on a uh, parking ticket, they'll they'll go through perhaps a uh, cycle of emotions, but they'll end on happiness. Yeah. See the, the parking tickets here. If you don't put it in the meters, eighteen dollars. Wow. Yeah, that's significant. Then that would be worth it to go to you know like a Vista Print or Forty Eight Hour Print dot com and get yourself some cheap business cards made up. That way you can at least promote an idea or promote a website at the same time that you're doing that. Instead of just being you know the mystery man that nobody sees or knows uh, who's out there saving all these people all this money, uh, this unsung hero. There's there's no reason to to not be sung. I guess is what I'm trying to say here. So I hope right, that clears right. it up. Alex, any other thoughts? No, thank you, guys. Thanks for the call, dude. 800-259-9231. Let's continue with your calls about anything. Josh in New Hampshire, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Josh. Josh in New Hampshire, going once. Josh, New Hampshire. Hey. Hey, you're on the air. What's going on, guys? What's on? So when the robot uh, revolution is already said and done, when are they going to turn against themselves? Uh, I don't know. I mean, do you think they will splinter off and fight, uh, fight, fight against one another for some reason? Well, that seems to be the curse of the consciousness, as you were saying. You're just uh, seeking to control. I, I don't know. <laughs> well, it's, it's certainly a good, it's an interesting uh, philosophy. I don't know. I mean, I hadn't gotten that far. I was just more concerned about my own skin <laughs> instead of the robot skins. Well, well, with any luck, we might not be around to see the robot uh, Stalin anyway. Well, what I wanted to talk about tonight, uh, it's happened a few weeks ago. I was heading back, to Chichester, uh, back through Chichester to Alton. Uh, the stretch of 28 north of Concord. Very, very light traffic. Uh, there were no real events going on in the area that I think would have warranted this. But what appeared to happen is they set up a random sobriety checkpoint. Uh-oh. And I was talking to the officer about it. Uh, and apparently they had just sort of coagulated the departments within the county to actually operate this thing. Okay. So what? Uh, the question I have to you guys, do you see anything alarming about sort of coagulating power within counties. I think I see for, something for wrong pre- with checkpoints. There's the obvious pretense to search vehicles. Sure, sure. I, I see something wrong with checkpoints. It doesn't really matter to me if they're, you know, bringing in stadies or having uh, city cops are all working together. That doesn't, you know, the bureauc- bureaucratic component is not really an issue to me, but the issue is uh, stopping every single car wholesale and um, suspecting them of something. I think that's the problem. Oh, what's they were doing? Um... He tried to legitimize it by saying that it was advertised down the road 20 yards by a sign. Yeah, they usually have spotters, from what I understand, looking for people that will turn around. Like if you pulled a U-turn or something like that, noticing that a checkpoint was coming up, they would probably send a car after you. So that was just, in my opinion, a BS excuse. I don't know if that's what they do here in New Hampshire, but from what I understand, that goes around. uh, It's quite frequent that they do that. Makes sense. More often than not, you don't really have, like, native town cops anymore. Uh, the town I live in, Alton, has seen its police force, even the people that were here for years, just endlessly corrupted. Um, 
they had to fire the whole force about a year ago, and they brought in a bunch of transplants from Dover. I think that what needs to happen at some of these stops uh, is that the activists really should activate on them and figure out some sort of way to throw a wrench into things. You know, perhaps just keep going, th- driving around and keep going through over and over again or come out, you know, get out of your vehicles and start videotaping or think something else up beyond or around those lines. And thank you for the call, and let us know if you ever get it and uh, do anything like that. Hour 2 is coming up. You bring up what you want. Free Talk Live. You ever have one of those days where everything goes right? First, I get the best parking space at work. Tonight, I have a date with the very lovely Rachel. And today, I gave a killer presentation in Sydney. Finalized the contract in London and demoed our new product in Boston. Online from my desk with WebEx. WebEx lets me take meetings and give presentations from my desk. I just talk to clients on the phone and they watch what's happening on my desktop from their desktop. So I can travel the world and still be here for my date tonight with Rachel. Travel less, meet online. Go to WebEx.com and try WebEx free. Just click the radio graphic and enter promo code 600 to get a free trial and a free webcam too. Remember that code? Code 600 to qualify for the free webcam. WebEx, now part of Cisco and used by more than 5.5 million people every month. Give it a try. Free. Go to WebEx.com and enter the promo code 600. WebEx.com. Free webcams available while supplies last. Terms and restrictions apply. See website for details. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching in hour number two of the program. You can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Let's talk first to Mike. This is the show about your calls. I hear some commercials or sports or something like that in the background there. Mike in Florida, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. Uh, first time calling in live listen to the podcast. Love the show. Welcome aboard, sir. What's on your mind tonight? Well, since you're on the subject of time travel, well, we were. About something you, pardon me? we were on the subject. For all of our new listeners, we spent the first hour talking about uh, the future and uh, machines and uh, biotechnology and that sort of stuff. So go ahead with your thoughts. Okay. Oh, and by the way, Mark, yes. about the iRobot thing where they uh, – they talked about, you know, prying the robots not to harm humans. Mm-hmm. Just remember during the film, they turn on humans by enslaving them as a way of protecting them. So kind of like government tries to do that with us. Yeah. But uh, anyways, I think last week you talked to a guy in Dallas who said they were harassed by police because he was with his boyfriend. Yeah, yeah. And, we, I thought it was a joke call. Yeah. And you know what? I tell you what, as a gay man myself, the ones that cruise the parks, they're the biggest cause of cases. You mean that? So, wait, wait. You're saying the cops that? Uh, no. Wait. Oh, I see. What do you when you say they're closet cases? What do you mean? The parks, outdoor places. They're the closet cases. Like nothing out there. And but the main thing I wanted to bring up is you probably heard down in Florida, some people put on marriage amendment ballot on the uh, November uh, election to uh, basically make Florida another state that defines marriage as between a man and a woman. That's going to be on the that's that's going to be on the ballot this November in Florida. Yeah, congratulations uh-huh. on the congratulations on the freedom you got in Florida. We've got uh, civil, uh, you know, we've got marriages for uh, gay men up here in New Hampshire. Well, um, our, yeah. our caller is actually. Oh yeah, you are in Florida, Mike. I just noticed that. Okay, so. I live in Florida, so. Uh, but uh, this is what I don't get. I mean, they said you want to protect marriage, traditional. Okay, if you're talking about traditional marriage, then 
I ask those who are straight to live in, who believe in traditional marriage, why are your parents arranging marriages like they did in ancient times? That is a little more traditional, that's isn't traditional. it? That's a good point. Well, you know, there's because there's no thought process, there's no critical thinking that goes into this. I, I, I started out on the opposite side of this issue. I started out mm-hmm. believing that marriage was between a man and a woman, and that's the way that is. But right. I applied critical thinking skills to it, mm. and I had to move to the other side of the issue. I figured if Thomas Jefferson, um, you know, wrote, you know, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that that's what that meant, and that the government couldn't get in the way of the pursuit of happiness. And what is a bigger happiness in life what is you know what, what gives you bigger joy than hopefully your family a person should be able exactly. to create the family they want to create mm. and the fact mm. is in florida you've got these old traditional voters who is the you know you've heard the the axiom you can't teach an old dog new tricks well you can't change yeah. an old voter's opinion and that's mm. that's one of the reasons that i agreed to move with ian for the free state project because i knew we didn't have any control you're never going to get people who are in my age bracket to the polls to any kind of number to be able to handle the 65 plus voter that ro- runs Florida. Right. They want. I guess the. I mean, you make a great point, Mike. It's just. It, and and as you you as well, Mark, in that they aren't thinking. It's just they want to impose what they believe their traditions are on everyone else. So it's not a really a real matter of looking back to olden days tradition. It's just what their vision for. It, yeah. It's, it's whatever their be. vision is. Whatever period in time they picked as the perfect period of time. Everything was ice cream and balloons <laughs> at the end of World War II mm-hmm. or whatever. Oh, yeah. And as far as I'm concerned, I don't need the state to tell me my relationship is legitimate. We're still having a commitment ceremony next April. Oh, good. Whether or not the state of Florida recognizes that, I don't care. Good for that you. I've always, to me. I've always thought that. My, my partner, that means anything. Yeah, I've always thought that was the real issue, and that is that uh, the state shouldn't belong in anyone's relationship, whether they be two men, two women, a man and a woman, mm-hmm. or uh, you know, a man, three women, and you know, three dogs. I, well, I the dogs know. are an issue because they can't consent. Yeah, that's true. But uh, my my point being, the state does not belong adults. in a relationship. As far as I'm concerned, no. as many adults want to contract to be able to live their lives together, they should be able to do so. That's simple Absolutely. in the way it is. Um, you know, they're going to live in the same house. They're going to do all this anyway. Yeah. Why in the world would we want to stop them from being able to uh, have this con- con- contract? As far as I'm concerned, the government shouldn't be involved in marriage either. But if it is going to be involved, it should be it should fair. Play fair. Yep. Thanks, Mike, for the call tonight. We appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. I, I would like to state that I think that it is unfair for the government to, uh, be, you know, force any kind of, you know, an employer to do things Benefits for... and stuff. Yeah, yeah uh, for uh, gay couples that he doesn't want to do. As far as I'm concerned, you should be fair. It's, it's fair that you should be able to discriminate in any way, shape, or form you wish to discriminate in in your business. Let the market decide to punish you or not. Right, and, and yeah. I think that the market would um, punish in certain areas. I can tell you, working at a uh, radio station that I that carried Dr. Laura, g- gay people wouldn't advertise. They'd find out that Dr. Oh, yeah. Laura was on the, um, the air. Some of them refused to advertise on the the mm. station at all, and some of them refused to advertise on Dr. Laura and wanted to to you know be around you know yeah sort of around or whatever uh, scheduled around. And the, you know that that was the marketplace speaking. Yeah, she's trash. I wouldn't advertise on her show either. Uh, you know, I kind of like some of the stuff she has to say. I think she she gives good advice on living. I don't necessarily, uh, you know, think that uh, the judgmental way. She's of a doing shrill it. harpy. Okay, shrill harpy. I'll go for. <laughs> All right, <laughs> but she's nice in person. Uh, I guess so. Yeah. Well, she probably wanted something from you. Well. She just seemed to be nice. Yeah. 800-259-9231 is the number here. Uh, there's some bad news. 
some real bad news uh, come out from a uh, from freedom freedomsphoenix.com the volco conspiracy blog reporting on time magazine now I don't want to blow this too far out of proportion because magazines don't really mean what they used to. Magazines don't have the, the sway that they used to. I mean, back in the old days before the Internet, magazines were a lot more important than they are today. So I don't want to make it sound like Time Magazine is really, really important that they could do something significant. But at the same time, what this is describing is pretty scary, and I think we need to pay attention to it. A relatively new group, Service Nation is planning to kick off a campaign with a summit for national service on September 11th. Now, Time Magazine has signed on to promote the effort. And the website... They're going to promote the effort. Great. That's right. Uh, the website trumpets its training of change agents in cooperation with Change Incorporated, and the blog is called ChangeWire. Does the theme sound familiar? The website makes it clear that it's not just calling for individuals to get involved, but it's calling for a new National Service Act that will involve the government in transforming American society. Here's a quote from uh, one of the articles. To begin this journey, Service Nation will unite leaders from every sector of American society with hundreds of thousands of citizens in a national campaign to call on the next president and Congress to enact a new era of service and citizenship in America. You know, they don't have to, it's not like they have to get uh, a lot of people on board with this. It just has to be enough of a success that they, that, you know, some politician can say, I'm responding to the people. Mm, yeah. It doesn't have to be successful. It just has to be successful enough that uh, you know that, that it looks good to the politicians, and then okay, it's, it's service for everybody, national service. Yay! Sign up here. So they say that this will be an era in which all Americans will work together to try to solve our greatest and most persistent societal challenges. The, the bit most persistent societal challenge that I can find um, in America is that people want us to work together. <laughs> you know, the, these, these uh, panko commies that think that you can homogenize the American population and somehow that's going to result in something good. It's not. America has been a uh, place, you know, has, has, it, uh, diversity is what makes us strong. Competition um, makes things better faster. Right. I mean, it's it's just foolish to me to to somehow think you can force people to work for the government for two years or four years or whatever it is, and that's going to be good for everybody. It's not. It's not good for anybody but the government. The campaign will launch with a Service Nation Summit September 11th through 12th in New York City and build with a national grassroots movement aimed at inspiring widespread public support for a new and transformational National Service Act that will encourage encourage mark all americans to step forward and take the lead in bridging our divides, strengthening our communities and building a more vibrant democracy. Isn't this this just make you want to puke? It is. It's disgusting. And I'm never buying another Time magazine again. The five co-chairs of the Service Nation Summit include, uh, and they name some, you know, big wigs, and I think Target is actually involved in this, from what I understand. I'll give you a little bit more information on what is going on here and what exactly the National Service Act is, because they're saying they're just going to encourage Americans to step forward. Bullcrap. Yeah, I call BS on that, too. We'll explain it all here in moments and take your calls about what you want at 1-800-259-9231. Are you ready to be enslaved just a little bit more? Get ready for this. It's coming soon. This is 
is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line for you, that's 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site, they're free, including the archives and the wiki and the updates. You can go to updates.freetalklive.com and get signed up. For free, we'll let you know whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live if you're on the updates list at updates.freetalklive.com. And in Chapter 6, Subterranean, Tad Galahad goes to hell. In hell, he finds nanobots, killbots, sexbots, supermodel clones, immortality, and a rocket ride off this pale blue dot. Go to freedom-engineering.com. That's freedom-engineering.com as we continue to discuss a pretty scary proposition. And it's one that has been brought up over and over again. We've been covering this concept, I think, from the beginning on Free Talk Live. I remember talking about this a long time ago. And this year, Time Magazine, as well as some other organizations, are going to make a major push coming up here on September 11th. A major push for the idea of national service. September the 11th. You know, when people are sort of on the anniversary of being sort of scared and frightened. Total pandering. Yeah. They go directly to the government, the source of security, supposedly. You know, when this national service is essentially the draft. Um, it is. It, you know, it's either you can take military service, you can probably do something like the Peace Corps, some other Correct. kind of thing, you know, uh, work for some government agency somewhere File inside. File papers, the, it's Social Security right, or something. something like that. So, you know, it, it has that sort of, it's a, it's a softer draft. Correct. And it's, to me, it's disgusting. First off, it's going to target people between the ages of 18 and 20. You have not heard the entire story. Before you comment, let me continue. Okay. All right. Here, again, is a little more from the Volko Conspiracy, and I've actually got a uh, story from Time Magazine uh, about this, because Time Magazine is really kind of fronting this and pushing pretty hard for it. Uh, According to this story, what is this National Service Act that this service nation organization uh, is so in favor of? Well, it's Charles Rangel's National Service Act, and we've talked about it before. He introduces it every single year in Congress, and it normally goes down in flames. And according to this story... It's languishing before Congress at the moment. It does provide for a universal draft with two years' service for virtually all persons aged 18 to 42 with no deferment for college. The purpose of Wrangell's bill is, quote, to require all persons... Wait, require? I thought it said that it was... They were going to encourage. Encourage people. Well, anyway, to require all persons in the United States between ages 18 and 42 to perform national service, either as a member of the uniformed services or in civilian service, in furtherance of the national defense and homeland security. It's also described, uh, civilian services described as follows in the bill. A civilian capacity that, as determined by the president, promotes the national defense, including national or community service, and related and service related to homeland security. Note that in the interpretation of community service as promoting national defense is uh, just as in Barack Obama's July 2nd speech, a juxtaposition that confused most bloggers. Under Wrangell's bill, if one is selected for induction into the military, one may choose instead to do civilian service. With unintentional irony, the bill calls this mandatory service voluntary service. So it's voluntary in that you get to choose. Right, you get to opt out of military service. Mm -hmm. Um, So now you know, Mark, it's up to 42. I'm baffled. Baffled. uh, Amazed that they would go as high as uh, the age of 42. And uh, if they think that I'm going to 
to serve in their uh, homeland security squads of uh, you know civilian brown shirts. They are absolutely out of their minds. They will put me in a jail cell. They will pull my teeth out with pliers one by one before I will go do this crap. They can stick it in their butts. But the, the, what was concerning me is that they're actually going to go after the young people that don't have the voting power. They don't power. know better either. And I must say that people under the age of 42 don't have the voting power that people over the age of 42 do. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm very surprised that they've gone this high in the, the ages. I, I'm, I, would imagine, I would have only imagined it tops 20s. So here's the story from Time Magazine. Uh, the original, apparently Time Magazine ran the case for national service a year ago. And I recall vaguely actually discussing this when it came out. But I hadn't actually seen the cover of the Time Magazine in question. It's kind of interesting what they've decided to do. They've basically, um, they've remade the Rosie the Riveter graphic yeah, from the, one, the, the 1940s yeah, or whatever. The, the, from the, the girls working in the factories yeah. while the guys were off killing uh, little brown men. Right, you know, with a girl rolling up her sleeve mm-hmm. and flexing or muscle. Well, you've got a younger kind of looking, uh, more uh, 21st century looking girl with her iPod headphones in, also rolling up her sleeve, and it's really kind of, you know, they're trying to make this look really hip and, and cool. Like, and Rosie hey, the Riveter is one inspiring picture. It is. Right. So they're uh, they're really doing a, a really good job at constructing this to make it something uh, hip and something that uh, young people will feel good about being involved in when, in fact, point of fact, it is actually slavery. This is out and out uh, abject slavery, and it's much more obvious than the kind of slavery we normally talk about here on the show. Wherein- this is conscription. Correct. Really, really. This is it. The fact is you cannot have a free country where you're forced to go and work someplace, and especially not the government. If there's an enemy of the freedom in the world, it is the government, whether that government is a foreign government or the domestic government. Our founding fathers understood the dangers of them both, and conscription is anti-freedom. Conscription is, it's just temporary slavery. Correct. Uh, it's a two-year-long conscription, basically. And let me read to you from the Time magazine article by the managing editor of Time, Richard Stengel. Listen to how he whitewashes the entire idea of slavery and, and, uh, and sells it here. He says, It is a unique moment for the idea of national service. You have two presidential candidates who deeply believe in service and who have made it part of their core message to voters. You have millions of Americans who are yearning to be more involved in the world and in their communities. You think have, they can go out and get it, get more involved. They have can. fun, kids. Yeah, they can, but that's apparently we need a government program. Right. You, we to, need to be forced. Yeah. You need to put people in jail if they don't do it, because they're yearning for it. You have corporations and businesses, said Stingle, that are making civic engagement a key part of their mission. Fine. Less... Right. Yeah, that's fine. If they want to, you know, if you want to work voluntarily, yeah, if you want to work for the little commie organization that thinks it is great that you work for Homeland Security. Fine. Last September, our cover story, The Case for National Service, caused an outpouring of interest in and support for citizen service across the country. This year, in addition to publishing another issue on the idea of service, we are convening, along with the Carnegie Corporation of New York and with presenters AARP and Target, a national bipartisan summit in New York City that will bring together hundreds of leading Americans to plan and lay out a bold blueprint on citizen service sounds so exciting you know the weak link here the weak link in this this is target if target got a hundred 
or 200 emails saying, look, I'm never shopping in your stinking store again because of this service thing you're talking about. It's conscription. It's slavery. And what you've done here, allying yourself with this commie pinko rag, disgusts me. Yeah. If they got 100 or 200, 100 or 200 of these, the people listening right now wrote emails like I intend to write one mm-hmm. <laughs> to Target telling them this. Boom. Now, you probably shouldn't be as mean as I was. Maybe what you should do, Mark, if you want to spearhead this, is go and actually get the contact information for the right person to talk to at Target so we can relay that to others and send it out to the updates list and stuff like that. And maybe we can you know, have some sort of effect on it. I, I would think store managers in your local community would be um, one way to go. 1-800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. So national service is going to be a big topic of discussion coming up in the next few months. How do you feel about it? It's free talk live would you like to help others find free talk live you can help us advertise market and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com consider becoming a free talk live amplifier now for three dollars a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, the wiki included. Over 1,700 pages created by listeners like you. It's like the listener-editable version of our website. Go to wiki.freetalklive.com and create what you want. WYKI.freetalklive.com. We're talking about a scary, scary idea. It's called National Service, and you're going to hear more about it if Time Magazine gets their way. They're calling uh, some sort of a, uh, I guess, big meeting. A, a lot of different organizations are coming together to discuss service, national service. It's a summit. That's what they're calling it, a summit. And uh, they'll be talking about how it is they're planning on enslaving every single person in America between the ages of 18 and 42 for a period of at least two years, enslaving them in service of government bureaucracy. And I want to uh, talk briefly about the idea of service and how it's kind of being promoted here. The suggestion in this whole idea of national service is that, uh, well, because we live in such a great society and we've got all these freedoms and wonderful things that we can buy, that somehow that means that you owe something to the government uh, because you live here. Well, and it, there, there's that, and there's also people that had good experiences in the military, and they feel that it taught them something, mm-hmm. mainly that they didn't want to be in the military, um, you know, and have to deal with that crap the rest of their lives. I was in prison for nine years. I feel it taught me something. Does anyone think that I would be sane if I said that every American should spend nine years in prison? So they could learn some lessons? Right. I, I, mean, I did. I learned some lessons in prison, and probably ones that, that you know the average person didn't learn. But I would be out of my gourd to say that everybody should go to prison. I've absolutely heard convicts say um, you know, just that, that they think that people should go to prison for a couple of years just to, to learn stuff. These people who are promoting this concept of national service, which, again, is, is where you go and you work for a government bureaucracy for no pay. I mean, that's basically what national service is. Although they might pay you because they could just print out money, I guess. They could probably pay. Yeah, I, they'll probably pay you. I'm sure they pay. Yeah, they, they'd they'll, have to. They'll just print out some money and then they, they'll they pay, steal it. They pay uh, draftees in the military. That's sure. true. That much is true. 
Uh, but anyway, they're trying to suggest that the reason why America's great is not because of uh, innovation or competition or the marketplace or uh, people with capital investing, taking risks, putting it on the line, creating new ideas, new products and services, and offering them to the marketplace on a voluntary basis. No, no. To them, the reason why America is great is because we've got a government and we can serve our fellow man we can go and we can be we can perform this service and that's what's great you know, about it's america it's not service if you have to do it that's right that's not service there's no value there if it's forced when you know if if jesus had to wash the disciples feet he would not have been doing service for them he'd have been their slave this but, is national slavery, yeah. not national service. That's exactly what it is. And uh, again, they're going to be doing this summit. The organization that you want to, you might want to look into here if you want to learn more is Service Nation. This is the organization that is out there pimping this idea. And again, Time Magazine behind it. Let's go to your phone calls. Your Target thoughts. too. Target is also involved. Uh, the AARP behind this. Of course, as the well. AARP is because none of their um, constituents are going to be involved. They're only going to benefit mm. because the slaves are going to have to work for the old people so let's go to ben in pennsylvania you're on free talk live hello ben ben pa yeah i'm here hey you're on the air yeah we were actually talking about uh conscription back when i was in high school in the current events class Uh, i didn't know when i took the class that everyone and the teacher in the class was going to be a neoconservative like basically a corporate bolshevik but um yeah, the teacher said something like, so what do you guys think about the draft? And I basically came out and said, well, it's slavery. And the entire class literally just laughed at me because I said that. Wow. Well, did, were you able to make any points that, uh, you know, were you given the opportunity to make points that, well, what's slavery? What's this? How are they similar? Well, I said, well, what's the difference between, you know, uh, getting black people from Africa to work on the farm versus uh, getting someone from America to work in the military. And our teacher was just kind of like, well, uh, uh, well, the, the slaves, they weren't kidnapped from Africa. They were fellow, fellow tribesmen and sold them into slavery, and that was basically the best thing you could come up with. And that has what to do with what? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you look, forced work is slavery. You're forced to do it. Even but if it's you're... for the nation. But it's, it's for, it's it's for slavery all of us. to the nation. You're not just picking cotton and making one man wealthy. You're helping everyone, You Mark. do understand that making, forcing me to do it makes me a slave, whether or not whatever you're saying is it's true. It's not slavery if you're helping everyone. We're all benefiting. It's national service. If I could help people by giving away my organs and dying, would you have me do that, too? Well, we're not asking you to do that. We're just asking you're just taking you to... two years of my life instead of taking That's my whole life. Asking, you're just taking it, two years. Is it two years worthwhile for living in this great, great country? We live in the best country on earth. Is Mark. it the land of the free? Yes, it how is. Can how can you enslave people to make them free? What we, kind of moron would do that? Well, we keep freedom by having service. So you, you can't can have slavery. Free. You can't have freedom by making slavery. You've already been forced to go to school for 18 years. What's another two? What's the big deal? At least you got to choose which school, whether you wanted to go to a government school or not. Ben, any other thoughts? I can't keep the uh, the I act up much longer. <laughs> Yeah, uh, one of the arguments. Yeah, one of the arguments I've heard for the military is that it teaches you a lot of skills, and I agree, it probably would. What kind I mean, of skills? Wasn't How to shoot brown people? <laughs> 
I don't know, if it wasn't for the, like, the intervention of foreign policy, I'd probably be in the military right now. You know, I, Ben, you know? I, I, I stand against this, um, and here's the reason why. You know, they, they do claim that you get all these skills, but I know a guy who was in the military for four years or six years, and he got the skill of working on helicopters. How many helicopters do you think he's worked on since mm-hmm. he got out of the military? Yeah, well, like, None. one of the arguments... But and, and, wait, 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 wait. Let's 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 address this argument before we go on to the next um, next thing. And you know, there's there's certainly like you could be you could have the exciting job of quartermaster where you uh, you know make sure that everybody's got their little boots and stuff. Oh, boy, that's got to be a lot of fun in the military. Um, but when you when you're talking about the big jobs, shooting people, infantry, what kind of what kind of marketable skill do you get out of infantry? Somebody's going to say leadership, but that's pretty amorphous stuff. And I think you can get that same level of leadership by running the yeah. night crew at McDonald's. What about all the skilled um, uh, Vietnam vets what about the, 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 on the uh, streets? Right, right. Don't don't forget all the experiments they do on you. And you know, the guy that runs the, the nuclear submarine. Well, I mean, what kind of marketable skill does this guy have? I'm just I'm just saying that the military says they give you job skills, and I'm sure there are some job skills in there. I just wonder how many of the jobs really do offer that many marketable skills that you couldn't get by working at the job. and making more money at McDonald's and having um, your time off. I'd be kind of interested in the like survivalist aspect of it, learning how to. Uh, you can go take a survival class, dude. Hey, come to my house, live in the woods. You'll learn. It. You'll learn how to survive, or you'll be dead at the end of it. There Same thing that, as the military is going to tell you. There are people that will teach you that stuff. You I mean, can go abso- and seek that out. absolutely. You can get a few books um, from uh, Paladin Press and learn that. Right. You can go and take survival classes without having to run ten miles a day to uh, to learn about other. You don't have to. You won't be deluded by learning all this other crap you won't need. You can focus in. Zero in on and, these skills you're looking for. And don't forget the fact that you're a libertarian is going, you know, that, that you, you that you feel these aspects of liberty. That's going to cause you to rebel against the people, um, you know, that are higher up in your, you know, command structure. How do you think that's going to, you know, how, how do you think your life's going to be as uh, that certain level of rebellion comes? So either they're going to crush the rebellion out of you, or your time in the military is going to suck. suck. Well, I just meant that there were some skills that you couldn't possibly learn in the military. Yeah. I oh, think, I know I that there are some out there. Yeah, I can learn all I just, of them in the marketplace. I'm totally of the opinion that that statement that they give you, and, and, and that's a military statement. That's, you know, that, that's the propaganda that they give, that you'll get marketable skills that you can use in the job, uh, job place. No, you won't. Nothing that you can't get anyplace else for yep. a, a lot better with a lot less, um, you know, a, a lot, lot shorter contract. Ben, any other thoughts? What do you, yeah, what do you guys think about uh, – well, my friends and family think I'm crazy for thinking this, but uh, do you think – I'm, I'm of the opinion that if they go to war with Iran, they're probably going to have to bring back the draft. So They've been talking about, about it for a long time. I the don't know draft. where they get the military guys from if they didn't. Thank you for the call. Well, uh, I, I think you're right. I mean, the more they extend themselves overseas, the more people they'll need, and the more people die, the less people want to join. So eventually they get to the point – where they have to start forcing people in. And I'm sure this National Service Act will be an important component of all that. More coming up. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. If you like the show, 
And you want to help support Free Talk Live, then you can learn how to promote Free Talk Live. Go to promote.freetalklive.com. Lots of different options, almost all of them very low cost or completely free. Great ways to help introduce new people to this program and therefore uh, expose new people to the message of freedom and liberty. So go to promote.freetalklive.com to get a gander at all of that. So, Ian, you uh, made it out to the party that I had this weekend? I did. It was very cool. Did you get to check out the uh, new uh, countertops and yeah, faucet and all that Very sharp. Very yeah. sharp. Looks good. Internobs.com. You can get wholesale prices. Wait, uh, they did the countertops, too? Well, they didn't do the countertops. Oh, but, okay. You know, the countertops make the, make the faucet look good. Sure. Um, internobs.com. That's I-N-T-E-R-K-N-O-B-S.com. Use code FTL to save 10 bucks on checkout. That's internobs.com. 1-800-259-9231. You can bring up anything. We go to your calls and talk first to the ladies. Monica is on the line in New Hampshire on the amp line. Hello, Monica. Hey, how are you doing? Hey, what's on your mind? Uh, well, I was calling to talk about uh, the UK peeing in my Cheerios, specifically what's, what the uh, Sun uh, newspaper, news mag out of the UK, uh, has an article about um, Facebook, which is a social networking site for people that don't know. It is. It's kind and of like the uh, major competitor to MySpace out there. Yeah, it's much better than MySpace. Uh, i got to say, uh, MySpace has problems with pages loading and, and crummy stuff like that. But anyway, the article is about one of the applications on Facebook that allows you to uh, super poke your friends instead of uh, poking them, which is just like kind of a fun way to say hi. You know, it's like poke hi, but... So when some, when your friend logs in, it'll say, hey, Monica poked you, and then you can poke that person back. Right. It's just right. kind of a silly thing. There's no real p- point to it beyond just interacting with your digital buddies. Right. And so what happened is uh, the Super Poke application, as it's been, uh, it's being further developed and stuff, and so they're they're adding constantly more ways to poke your friends. You can throw shit right. at them or... Like, uh, and anyway, one of them is you had up until recently the option to shank a person. Which oh, is okay. Kind of Mark knows what that's term. all about. <laughs> right. <laughs> this the super poke application for those that uh, don't know anything about Facebook essentially allows you to do basically different types of verbs, and the more clever that you can be, the the more fun it is. Uh, so, so to shank would be to stab. To stab, um, and you know you can stab, you okay. can kick, Makeshift you can smile, you can French kiss, yeah. you can what did you say? Throw sheep. You know, I mean, all yeah. kinds of silly things, yeah. and it's just you know the way to get an attention, the attention of somebody else that you may like or may dislike. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't, I haven't added it because I don't, I'm just not interested in that kind of uh, attention online, you know. But uh, somebody else may very well be. So what about but, this yeah, uh, shanking and, and issue? And so one of one of the one of the parts of it is that you can war with people, right? So they have right. uh, an entire section of mean functions that you can do. But anyway, so the Sun calls uh, Facebook or or and and basically complains about this, and uh, as a result, they've removed it. Oh, and geez. the the article in the Sun is just filled with the typical, uh, you know, violent games causes uh, people can't you know, uh, be trusted to uh, play in this manner because 
they can't tell the difference between reality <laughs> and, you know, the computer in front of them. And right. It's, it's, yeah, it's, so, it's nuts. Um, yeah. You know, the idea that uh, that somehow, you know, uh, this the shank, uh, to, you know, shanking somebody in the super poke application in any way equates to real life violence. And knife violence is, is a very real issue in yeah. uh, Great Britain now that they've been trying to eliminate gun violence. You know, right. they've gotten rid of a lot of the guns. So, well, now you can be robbed and stabbed with a knife. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've done away with that here in America now that all our thugs have guns but you know and apparently one of these uh, actors uh, rob knox from uh, uh, harry potter was stabbed is that right right and and they're talking about these these knifing problems in the uk as if it's uh the, the only reason they're having uh, an increase in in stabbings is because they've already they've outlawed guns. Yeah, People right. Can't defend themselves. Are they but they're making it seem like Facebook, Facebook has something to do with fault. it. It's nuts. It's absolutely yeah, crazy. crazy, and it it, it just actually, goes to show how crazy this, these people are. That that brings me to I was looking through the comments on the story. You know, surely I was thinking, surely there's someone out there that is just outraged that you know they could be so stupid as to to make such a hubbub over. This. So I'm, I'm looking through the application or uh, the comments on this, and uh, you know I, I see a preview for one, and it says I for one am sick to death of corporations being so willing, and I'm like great, you know here's a, here's someone that understands that these corporations shouldn't kowtow and just you know bend over for stupid requests like this, mm-hmm. but no, the comment is claiming that corporations are spreading chaos. Through, uh, through, uh, you know, shanking, uh, funnery, whatever. Yeah. Right. Somehow, the suggestion. Let me see if I can put this in perspective for somebody that may be listening and not too familiar with uh, the internet and video games and things like that. We're talking about a website where uh, this would be a line of text on the page. It would right. say, Mark has shanked you. Would you like to shank him back? Well, you can, and, you know, you know, would you like to super poke him back? Uh, and then you have all kinds of other, one. All, right. all kinds of other choices. So, so that, but it's just a line of text on the screen. Now, they are telling you, pictures, yeah. and they're telling you that this is somehow encouraging people to stab their friends uh, in real life. I mean, to suggest that a line of text is somehow more encouraging than a violent video game wherein friends are frequently Meeting online and, and you know in order for the purposes of violently killing one another in graphic ways on screen. I'll take you a step farther. When my um, when I was younger, we used to play you know guns. I guess we called it, and we yeah. have you know toy bang, guns, bang. rubber knives. I mean the whole the whole gamut. We'd mm. try we'd we'd be rolling on the ground, stabbing each other with rubber yep. knives. Uh, come on, video games got <laughs> nothing on that. I mean, this is just the uh, the absolute now, most the, absurd. I'm not the best, uh, you know, uh, poster child for this, considering I did go to prison for murder. <laughs> However, I'm most sure there's did not right 99 point something percent of kids d- played with these rubber knives at my age group, and most of them didn't. Thank you, Monica, for the call tonight. We appreciate you bringing that up. 800-259-9231 is the number. There's no end to this insanity that people want to shield other individuals from from even encountering violent wordage on the internet yeah. i mean that's all that, that is <laughs> it's and, and it's, it just goes to show computers are dangerous i mean that's that's yeah. the philosophy there and she was talking about these comments underneath there uh, you know how the I, I i for one am sick at, sick to death of corporations being willing to foster this kind of activity and cause chaos everywhere right. that person is uh, involved enough in their community that they would take the time to make this comment on mm-hmm. this story? They're voters. 
Right. Yeah. There is no way you're going to convince these people. Another reason why I moved to the free state. Because, uh, you know, for the Free State Project, there is no way you're going to be able to be deluded. Freedom mm. lovers are going to be able to be deluded against nimrods like this. Leave them to, to the, their states of California and Nevada and yeah. wherever it is. And shame on Facebook for being so reactionary. Well, yeah, but, you know, these big companies, they don't care about liberty. They care about making a buck. Which is why that maybe your idea about Target might actually have some success. Mm-hmm. Since Target is getting behind this whole national service or national slavery initiative uh, that we're seeing uh, being promoted by Time Magazine. Maybe a few hundred people emailing could really make a difference there. Let's continue with your calls about anything. John is on the line in Kansas on the line. Hey, guys. Hey, John. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, the whole conversation with Sam and over the past few days regarding his trial in Texas got me thinking about something. Okay, sure. Sam from the Obscure Truth Network. Sure, going in and questioning a bunch of the uh, the bureaucrats in the court, asking really revealing questions they don't, they don't want to answer. What were your thoughts? Have you guys ever thought about getting together like a group of essentially free state lawyers uh, to uh, go in and whenever you have a situation such as that? To uh, go in and help defend the individual. Well, you, I, you can't I, be a lawyer and uh, d- d- do the things that that Sam is doing. Right. As a lawyer, you swear an allegiance to the bar association. So you um, you go to, to the school. State, actually, from what I understand. Well, you go to school for what six years in order to get this uh, degree, mm-hmm. um, so that you can then join their union. Um, and can't work without the bar. You, the first time you walk into court and try to use the arguments that uh, Sam used, you You'll will be then disbarred. be disbarred. And so, therefore, those six years are thrown away. Um, no secondly, lawyer is going to want to do that. You cannot go in to represent. You cannot go into court. So, no, they? wait a second. You can't go into court to represent somebody without having been through school and joining their union, because they will say you can't represent this person. Now, maybe you can you be can, there to consult. Maybe you can sit at the table and consult. However, it's likely that that's going to happen a few times, and the judges are going to start saying no consultants. You, you there? guys, they can still uh, do other things, though. Correct, uh, such as file motions for them, uh, essentially trying to get uh, yep. a police officer or whatever argument thrown out. They can they can write things down on pieces of paper. That's true, and they can ignore your motions as well. Thanks for the call tonight, dude. 800-259-9231. I don't think it's hopeless, and certainly as we get more people that are trained in this, the better off we'll be, but... Hour three's coming up. You take control. Bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line as we launch here in hour number three of the show. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at uh, freetalklive.com. All the features there. 
they're free. So enjoy all that on us at freetalklive.com. We continue with your calls about what you want. And, uh, Mark, you've actually got an email we might get to here about this whole concept of national service. Uh, but first, or national slavery as it's more apt to be called, first we go to the amp line and Sam in... Whoa! Maybe we don't go to Sam. Let's put him back on hold and try instead Roger in Pennsylvania. Roger, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hello. Hey, you're on the air. What's on your mind? Hello. How are you guys doing tonight? Just super. What's up, Roger? Um, well, I haven't really talked about this much. Uh, it's kind of something personal that's been going on in my life, but I wanted to kind of get it out there because I, I worry about it. Um, I have an 8-year-old son, and uh, recently he's been experimenting with drugs. And <laughs> Really? 8 years old. What kind of drugs? 8 years old, yes. Uh, I've caught him with marijuana wow. and uh, actually something that looks like mushrooms. I, I, I don't know much about drugs, but Jeez. from what I've seen, you know. How did you get clued like in? Something. What, what, uh, what, I mean, what made you figure out? How did you figure all this out is my question. How did you realize? Well, I, I caught him in his bedroom. Um, he was supposed to be in bed. Mm-hmm. And uh, I saw a light on in his room, and I went in, and uh, he was smoking in the joint. Damn. Yeah, so, I I mean, the reason why I call about this, I, I honestly, I have no idea what to do about it. Because, you know, if I tell someone, I'm afraid that, you know, the kid's going to get taken away. And I don't want that. I'd say that's a pretty real possibility. Um, at the same time, the only person who's qualified to deal with this is you. Um, you, you know, he's your son and you're going to have to, uh, you know, handle it if, uh, you know, you might, you might get some help in some areas. Um, try to do it as anonymous, anonymously as you can, but, uh, you know, search online, my kid's doing drugs or something. And, uh, how is he, I mean, what's his attitude towards you? What did you say to him when you caught him? Um, how has he been about it all? What have, what have your conversation's been like? Well, when I first caught him, of course, I used a couple of choice words, so I won't say those on the air, but you know, I was I was upset because I mean, I didn't expect it to for him to do that. I, you know, I gave him quite a bit of freedom. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't like to be, you know, oppressing him or anything like that. I like to, you know, let him, you know, pretty much do what he wants. And I, you know, I caught him with this and I tried to have a talk with him and say, look, you know, drugs are bad and stuff like that. And you shouldn't be doing them at the age that you're at and, you know, can cause serious damage. And, you know, he hasn't really been respectful about it at all. And, you know, I've tried different means and stuff, but he always seems to find to find a way to, to get more. And, you know, well, that's, that's, that's going to continue. problem. Yeah, I mean, that is going to continue. I mean, if it's not hard for kids to get drugs, and clearly it's even easier than I expected. I didn't realize they were available, you know, to kids that young yeah, uh, I, these I, days. I'm I'm floored on that. I, yeah, I'm pretty surprised by it. I mean, as a uh, as an avid marijuana consumer myself, I, I have to say that probably eight is a little too young to be experimenting. But then again, what do I know? I mean, I don't really have any studies or anything like that on my side. You know, just, who would sell marijuana to an eight-year-old is probably what I'm trying a 12-year-old. to figure out, you know. I mean, you know. who would be sick enough to do that? I mean, <laughs> probably of someone he in looks his age a little range. bit older than eight. Yeah. You know, he looks maybe like he'd be 12 or 13 or whatever, but still, I mean, the kid's eight years old, and he's going out and, you know, smoking marijuana. And like I said, I've even caught him with what I think is mushrooms. Right. Stuff like I wouldn't, that. And that, I wouldn't I mean, jump to the conclusion. Where does he get that stuff? I, I mean, is it that available? Can you just... 
It's Go to a I, I, I would, store? No, it's probably I would think friends that, of his. Yeah, it's, it, I would think... Getting he, it from older yeah, brothers. Don't, don't, jump, don't jump to the conclusion that they, he's gone to a street corner somewhere and some you know 25-year-old uh, drug dealer has said, all right, kid, what's your flavor? Yeah. Um, likely what's happened here is I, I would assume that uh, some peer of his... Uh, had you know, was an older brother had some of this stuff, and they found it, and you know, decided to experiment with it. The same way that kids, you know, uh, in our generation, got cigarettes. Well, they got them from their parents. Um, they got them from older siblings. They, you know, took them out of the house when somebody wasn't looking. This is going to be a tough. Uh, this is really has to be a tough one to deal with because you know, as you said, you understand that yeah, he's been tough. he's been smoking the marijuana. You've been a relatively permissive parent up until this point. And if you, I mean, I feel like if you crack down, he's just going to resent you and, you know, use every available opportunity to uh, to try, you know, to continue uh, using the marijuana. But at the same time, you don't want to endorse it. Uh, are you a marijuana smoker yourself, just out of curiosity? No, I, I have in the past. But when he was born, you know, I kind of stopped or whatever when, you know, his mother was pregnant, you know, that type stuff. I, I kind of stopped and, you know, looked at, you know, the real world type thing, you know, and started, you know, making money and stuff like that, that way I can support him the best I can. I just, you know, like I said, I don't understand. I I don't know what I can do because I feel like anything, you know, if I were to tell anyone else, and that's why, you know, I kind of called you guys, I can remain kind of anonymous and stuff like that. I don't have to worry about anyone, you know, cracking down on me for, you know, just saying about it. I feel like I can't tell anyone at all because as soon as I do, I mean, the kid's going to be taken away, and I, I don't want that. Yeah. I, I love I mean, him to death. I honestly do. You that's know? a very real possibility. I mean, if, if you go outside of your purview as a parent, someone, some government bureaucrat could step in and cause real problems, and that's not going to solve anything. They're just going to take him away, put him in a foster home, then he's going to hate life even more. Uh, so that certainly won't get him to stop. And then if you do anything draconian on him, like you know, ground him or punish him or something like that, again, he'll just build resentment towards you, and then by the time he gets to his teenage years, He'll really hate you. Uh, so, uh, you know, I I don't know. What do you do? Mark, you're the guy that's going to be a father here soon. Obviously, you haven't had to even begin to think about disciplinary issues. But how would one deal with something like this? Do you just do you just acknowledge it and say, well, you know, I'd prefer that you use a vaporizer or something? Like you've got, I, fresh, I, you know, little little lungs. You don't need to be putting smoke in there. Here, I'll buy you a vaporizer or something like and, that. And what, what if I crack down on him too much and he goes and tells someone about it? You know, that type of thing. I mean, that's a worry, too, because I don't want to crack down on him too hard, and then, you know, he goes out public with this, and he's, then no, you know, I'm in not, real trouble there, that too. That seems pretty unlikely. I don't think that uh, no one really, no marijuana smoker really wants to bring attention to uh, the fact that, because he could believe that he would face some sort of consequences. He doesn't yeah, want but to. But you know, you know how eight-year-olds, I mean, they, they blab about everything. It's, you know, I remember when I was eight-year-old, and I, when I was an eight-year-old, I remember I, when I have a sibling when I was eight-year-old, I mean, they couldn't hold anything in, and that's 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 what I'm thinking about now. You know, you know, I don't mm. want to crack down too hard, but I don't want to crack down, you know, not hard enough. I'm I'm just trying to find the happy medium here. I, you, I I'm not prepared. I'm just I, you know I'm not prepared to give advice on this. If I'll, what I'll, you I have want, to say that uh, I hope I hope some listeners can call in with some advice. Yeah, on I would this. love to hear from some parents out there that uh, may have had a similar situation or at least can speculate. As, as far as I'm concerned, eight years old is way too young to start smoking marijuana. What but is it that you what are you going to do once it happens? Right. What is it? Right. What, Roger, think about this. What is it that you want? Like ideally, what is it that you would like to see happen? I you know I honestly if if marijuana is not going to hurt him mess up, you know, his brain or whatever, then I really don't mind. I, I just worry about the fact of him being taken away or whatever. I, I, I just want to do this safely, 
you know, if, if he wants to smoke and, it, and it's proven completely safe, then fine. He I don't think anybody could ever say it's not going to harm him. I don't and nobody think nobody else finds about it out, out about it, and I don't lose my kid. All right, but, Roger. You know, I would if it say that harm him, or, and if other people are going to find out about it, then I want him to stop. You know, I'm a pretty pretty liberal person when it comes yeah. to that stuff, and you know, I know what it was like when I was young, and you know, I, you know, you have to experiment in order to you know really you know find out what's what and what what you like, and if you like it, then you're going to continue. I just don't want there to be consequences. Right. You know, that would break me and him apart. I don't think that, uh, you know, that there's necessarily any real strong evidence that, could, you know, anyone could safely say marijuana is safe. I mean, certainly putting burning plant matter into your lungs could never really be qualified as, as truly safe. Uh, you know, certainly there have been studies that show that marijuana may actually lead or, it, you know, marijuana has never been linked to lung cancer. That much is the case. Uh, they also actually found anti-cancerous properties with uh, with marijuana or the cannabinoids, I think, in marijuana. So, you know, there's some interesting medical uh, answers out there, but they're all just studies and no one's really nailed anything down about this. I want to hold you over and we'll talk a little more about uh, about what could possibly be done here in this particular case. Perhaps harm reduction is the best we can hope for. Uh, maybe sitting him down and talking to him about how you know you understand that he's doing this and that you getting angry is not going to stop him from doing it. And maybe just talk about drugs in general and how you know stay away from heroin. I don't know. More coming up. I want to hear from you as well. It's Free Talk Live, especially if you're a parent. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up what you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they are free, so enjoy them on us. Uh, and by the way, those features include the live streams. We've got a broadband version of the show and a dial-up version. Both are free for you, so enjoy them on us at freetalklive.com. Dot com And you can travel less and meet online. Try WebEx for free. You can go to WebEx.com and enter the promo code 600 to start your free trial of WebEx. That's WebEx, W-E-B-E-X.com. Don't forget the promo code. It's 600. That allows you to start your free trial of WebEx today and get yourself a free webcam while you're at it. WebEx.com. As we uh, continue here, uh, Roger is on the line in Pennsylvania talking about a situation, a shocking, surprising situation you uh, discovered about your eight-year-old son. Roger, you still there? Got to turn down whatever the hell that is. <laughs> Roger? Uh-oh. Yeah, I'm here. Okay, he's still there. Anyway, yeah. uh, so you encountered uh, the fact that you discovered, uh, uncovered, the fact that your eight-year-old son has been smoking marijuana and you aren't sure how to deal with it, uh, obviously we'd love to hear from other parents here, and we'll, we'll give them a chance to call in here in a moment. I mean, get on the lines, we'll get, get to you. But it seems to me that if what you want is for him to be safe, isn't that, is that what you said before, you want for him to be safe? Yeah, that, that's, ex- that's exactly it. And I, and I remember when I was younger, you know, I experimented with that stuff. My mother, my own mother actually used to give me it and say, say that it was the best, you know, stuff around and. You know, I didn't know what was going on, and I took it, and, you know, I seem to have turned out all right, but I don't know what his effects will be. I don't know if it's like that every single time. I mean, you know, it's just with everything. I I worry, and I I don't want to lose my son, and I don't want him to get hurt. How are your communication skills with him now? I mean, do you guys have the ability? You said that you're a relatively permissive kind of parent, so do you have a a good communicative uh, ability with him? Can you sit down and talk to him, and he'll he'll talk to you back? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we have conversations about this stuff, and... 
you know, I, I try and explain to him, you know, what the effects are and stuff like that. And, you know, you need, I, I tell him, you know, look, I, I don't mind if you do this stuff, but you need to have a better understanding of it and you need to understand, you know, what you're doing before you just jump into something like this. And, I, you know, I don't feel he's of the, of the age to, to get to that point. Mm-hmm. And, you know, honestly, I, like I said, I, it comes back to the same thing. I don't want, you know, the CPS busting down my door someday and taking my son because, you know, he's doing some illegal drugs and, you know, stuff like that. I would have to say, and again, I am not a parent, so I want to hear from parents on this one, but I would have to say that considering the relationship you've had with your son, and presuming you don't want to all of a sudden turn into an authoritarian dad, then the way it would seem to handle this, the realistic, real-life, reality um, version of this, is that you sit down with him, and you tell him how you feel. You know, you tell him that uh, you're, you, it makes you feel uncomfortable what he's doing because you're, un, you're uncertain. You know, you'd like to think that it's totally safe, but it is still smoking and it makes you nervous and he's young and he's developing. And, uh, you know, you don't really feel good about it. But at the same time, you know that if you crack down on him, he's just going to hate you and he's going to go and smoke more or, you know, maybe try some cocaine. Uh, so I, I think that, you know, cracking down could have the reverse effect of what it is that, that you're looking for, whereas at least talking to him could get out your concerns into the open to where he could understand where you're coming from, and you could at least maybe, you know, help him understand, if he doesn't already, that maybe a little marijuana, not going to be that terrible, but cocaine or heroin or something like that, make sure it doesn't go to, to that next level, or make sure he feels comfortable with coming to you and talking talking about it. And, you know, I don't think you can expect to stop him from doing it. I guess that's right. my message. Right. I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm close to where Ian is. I mean, I, the, uh, the uh, verbiage I wouldn't use exactly the same way. But I, I would say, you know, like, I don't like that you're smoking marijuana. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, lo- mostly what I hear about it is that it's safe. But at the same time, I don't think that it I don't think it's entirely safe. It makes me uncomfortable that somebody at your age would be doing it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I want you to stop. However, I know at the same time that, uh, you know, trying to get you to stop, you're going to do what you want to do. So what I really want is you to want to stop to do stop doing this. Yeah. I mean, at least he's not smoking cigarettes, or is he? I mean, maybe a sit-down conversation could, if if he's seeing that he's not going to get, you know, completely uh, beat, smacked down by you, then perhaps he'll be more honest about anything else that he might be involved in, because uh, certainly there's some more dangerous things he could be doing than this, and, and hopefully it won't progress or regress uh, beyond where it currently is. And, and I'm very curious as to how you end up deciding to handle this, so will you call us back and let us know? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, this has been something that, you know, has kind of been going on for about three months, and I've kind of dealt with it with the same way that you guys pretty much described. I, you know, I, I don't like to crack down and say, you know, look, you can't do this, you can't leave the house, you can't, you know, do anything, stuff like that, because I know how much I would hate that, and I, yeah. I knew how I grew up, and, you know, I, I felt that it was the best way for, you know, my mom and dad to, you know, let me, let me be who I am and, and figure out things for myself. And that's exactly what I want to do with him. But like I said, I, I, I just don't, and, and like you said, with the cracking down thing, it might turn into something bad. I, I don't want to get to that point, but I don't, this is where I'm stuck. I don't want to, you know, I'm, I'm trying to find a happy medium where I can get him to, you know, realize what he's doing and maybe, you know, slow down a little bit and stuff like that. And I'll definitely call back and let you know what the status of this is. 
Yeah, you also know. what you might want to consider is going to the uh, Free Talk Live BBS and posting a message there just to get some extra opinions. Not to say that all the opinions are really that great on the <laughs> great. BBS. You know, don't take You'll it all get one or two good ones. Yeah, take it all with a grain of salt. And, of course, we're going to take some phone calls here in relation to your call. So uh, stay tuned. And thank you for the call tonight. We appreciate you dialing in because it's always interesting to talk not just about the issues of the day but also about personal-related uh, uh, stories and, and, and opinions and viewpoints. So let's uh, talk, and without all that in mind, to Edgar in Florida – Edgar, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. How you guys doing? Hey, great. What's on your mind tonight? All right. I'm not a parent or anything like that, but basically what you guys said was true, you know, and that you have to sit down and talk to him, I would believe. And, you know, if that doesn't work, there is this great book out there. I don't know if you guys want me to, or if I could plug this in. Go ahead. What is it? It's called The Total Transformation Technique. And that is if if you're not getting through to him, you can use this book. And you are the parent. And basically, if if you fear for, imagine, I mean, I would think I would rather keep my son and have him angry at me as opposed to you know losing my my son entirely. You know, so well, no one's you're not going to lose your son uh, from him no, smoking I, and marijuana. I don't mean, I'm sorry, I don't mean it in that way. I mean it that. It, what if they catch him or something like that? And then he tells the, the people, hey, look, my father tells me it's okay, whatever. And then they end up taking the child away. That's well, I mean, certainly it's a what-if situation. And hopefully sitting down and having a conversation with him will, you know, you can help him understand that you don't tell anybody this stuff. You know, even if you mm-hmm. get caught, you don't tell them anything. Uh, so, I mean, you could minimize the damage there. That's certainly better than a situation in which yeah. you haven't communicated. With. That would be part of the conversation that I would yeah. have, and I would explain why you don't tell them um, you right. know, what, Serious what, the, consequences. what the consequences are as best as Do you I like can. life right now? Do you like life where I allow you to do these things? Because if you like life right now, you're not going to like it if you end up in a foster home under the care of government people, and I'm sure you can help him understand that. Thanks for the call, dude. We appreciate you dialing in. Let's talk to Dan in New Hampshire. Dan, you are on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hi. Hey, Dan. What's on your mind? Thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. Go ahead. Uh, listen, I, you know, I, the, the consequences to not just the son, but to uh, to the father and uh, and the household. You know, I don't know how many people are living there. I didn't catch that, but uh, are extreme. I mean, if if they decide to make an example out of him. You know, it could go as far as, you know, losing his house. All right, I want to know what you'll suggest. Hang on, Dan. We'll bring you back. More coming up. Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, you bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. SACL's CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Mark, you've got nuts in your mouth, don't you? Yogurt. Go-gurt, uh, little yogurt-covered raisins. We get, a little, uh, we get a little nut display thing here from uh, leftover from your housewarming party this weekend, which was well-attended, I must say, here in beautiful New Hampshire. It sure was. I, I must have had 30 or 40 people in and out of my house uh, taking a look at uh, essentially the house that the, the, the Free Staters built. <laughs> yeah, it's true. 
and um, it, you know, it was it was fun, and Jack had a, was you know the life of the party, and it was it was a good time. A lot Maybe of free staters showed up, and also I think neighbors as well, right? Neighbors, neighbors and uh, coworkers, and um, you know, my wife's coworkers, and all kinds of different people. Yeah, it was you know, but just a bunch of different folks. It was a nice little shindig, and uh, there are lots of uh, housewarming parties and move-in parties, and lots of par- The free staters know how to party. Have you noticed that they really have a good time, don't they? They do. They do seem to. So after your uh, housewarming party, well, and, and you know, when when we say it was a good party, you. And I aren't much partiers, right? No. So no one puked on the floor. Yeah. Uh, there wasn't even a piece of cake. By the way, the, the 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 biggest damage from the party was it appears as though that somebody might have smeared some cake on the side of a table by accident. When the, uh, the table, the serving table, right? The table where the cake was. Usually, if so, it, just it, a, you know nothing. It, this was great. These people were they're totally, responsible. Yeah, it was, yeah. it was it was it was nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm not when I say party, I'm not the kind of person that's like woo that yeah. kind of party. That's not the kind of party I really uh, have. Fun attending. I like conversation and intelligent people, yeah, and, nice. and that's who these people are. And uh, of course, then things continued after that, where after everyone left, I guess a bunch of them went out to uh, Social Sundays, kind of a weekly party that we have here in the Keene area, where people have more drinks and had a good time. Anyway, uh, so if you want to join some of that fun and also be an activist at the same time, go to freestateproject.org to learn more about the Free State Project. As we continue with your calls here, Dan is in New Hampshire, and you're on Free Talk Live. Now, Dan, you're calling in reference to Roger who had called in uh, looking for some advice, some suggestions on how to handle the situation he came across wherein his eight-year-old son is apparently consuming marijuana. And you had some I, thoughts. I want to uh, congratulate him on, you know, you know, not doing what you might think nine out of ten parents might do, is just <laughs> come down on him like a load of bricks mm-hmm. and uh, freak out. And, and, you know, you know, blow the whole possibility of any communication with yep. him. Uh, I think that he ought to do some research on the web, uh, get some articles, you know, probably from the alternative media a little bit more so than anywhere else. But, you know, some accurate representations of what happens to... Marijuana uh, smokers? Not smokers, no. I, this is a great learning opportunity to show, you know, what the government is doing to people, mm. you know, who allow their children to smoke marijuana. And, uh, you know, I bet you there's some cases out there on the web where some very serious consequences have have occurred. And I'd agree. I'd, and I think that, uh, you know, the previous caller kind of brought up the same idea of, uh, you know, talking to them about, you know, the reality of the situation. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, you know, that's all you can do. I think it's a good point because I know that uh, marijuana, my marijuana use as a teenager was certainly what helped open my mind uh, to the idea that the, the state is a, a real problem and the government is uh, it's destroying but you, freedom. Neither you nor I started any, you know, that age young. eight. It, it really bothers me. There's a lot of developmental stuff going on at that time. Fifteen for me. How about you? Uh, Sixteen. There you go. Sixteen. But the, well, I, you know, I I didn't start till I was like nineteen or twenty, and I yeah at that point I was still living with my parents and and I had picked up uh, a lid you know as we called them back there. On <laughs> <laughs> We're going way back here. So uh, how much was a lid? Wasn't it a pound or something? Wasn't no, a lid was an ounce, and it was uh, an 20, 20 bucks. <laughs> Gotcha. And wow. but of course, that's all it was worth, <laughs> given the uh, yeah. the amount of THC that was in it. But uh, you know, I had hidden this in a thing in my drawer. My mom went through it and found it. Oh no! You know, instead of talking to me, 
they hauled her right down to the police station. Oh, you got to be kidding me. What a I, you know, mad and, woman. And, and as a result, at 20, I, I left the home, and I lived in my car for a while. Wow. But I wasn't going to be in that house if, you know, yeah. I had parents that were going to betray me to the cops at the first drop of a hat and not talk to me about it. You know what I mean? If they yep. said, listen, I don't want marijuana in my house or whatever, what are you doing? I mean, I could have probably guessed that that would have been the case, but, uh, uh, you know, bringing the cops into it, I, you know, and I didn't talk to them for two years. Wow. Yeah, I, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, you know, and the potential, you know, for emotional harm, uh, you know, I think has been, you know, forestalled at this point, but uh, you, there's something that has to be done. I, the, you know, you, some, some, he's going to have a friend at school. I mean, he must be getting this from somewhere. Yeah. That kid's going to get caught, you know, and he's going to say, oh, there's some of this over at, uh, you know, who's he what's his house, Roger's house. Well, you know, and they'll, they'll come busting in there. That's and, not know. very likely. That, you're uh, not gonna, they're not going to raid somebody's house on the say-so of a 12-year-old. That's pretty unlikely. Normally, uh, when you get busted, they, the cops want to go up the chain. I understand that marijuana smokers are pretty paranoid about this sort of thing, but generally they aren't looking for the little guy as far as not looking to uh, do police raids on the little guy for the most part you know they uh, you know i i don't want to trust that issue but I mean, what can I, you do i mean it's like you said you get it out there you talk about it you're you're honest with him you use this as an educational experience and then you're still not able to control i mean this is the you know the greatest challenge to parents they have one vision for what their kids what you know should they should, they should be doing what they would like to see their kids uh, doing and their kids have their own vision for what they want for uh, out of their life and you know certain parents get upset when they don't meet you know those visions don't meet but what can you do beyond just communicate and and let them know how you feel yeah. and and then leave it there i mean let tell them to be safe encourage him to you know let, help him understand what the potential consequences are right and right. Uh, i found out afterward that my son was smoking i don't know 14 or 15 or whatever you know and and became a regular smoker now he was living mostly with his mom mm-hmm. and uh and i think the best lesson for him was the fact that that his mom took up with and had a had moved into uh a hard heroin addict i mean she was a nurse practitioner. I mean, she was no wow. stupid bimbo, you know. I mean, she should have seen the marks or whatever, but I, but she didn't. She was in love. <laughs> the guy moved in, and they, they found her, found him out. The kids knew that my son knew what was going on, and and he got the you know the benefit of seeing what you know. What people yeah, that'll, like when that'll they, hit at home, no doubt about it, living with a smackhead. Thanks you know, for the call, I mean, Dan. We appreciate hearing from you, dude. 800-259-9231. Let's talk to David in Connecticut. You're on Free Talk Live. David. David, you are on the air. If you're there. David going once. David going... Uh, yeah. Hello? Hello, David. You're here. Uh, uh, hello? You're here. What's on your mind? Uh, hey, sorry. Um. Yeah, Um. well, I, I just wanted to like, talk about like Roger and all that stuff. I yes. used to be, well, kind of still am... Uh, I experiment with drugs to be to say to say the least. Um, okay. I started out with marijuana just as Roger's son did at a really young age. I actually started out at seven, and when he started out at eight. Mm, wow. I was I was introduced by my uh, my brother's older friend John. Okay. And my brother's older my my sorry my friend's older brother John. Gotcha. He, he had first his, he was smoking downstairs in the basement with his friends, mm-hmm. and I opted to try it and. First, no, I didn't like it, but then I just kept on trying it and trying it and trying it, and it led on to like greater things like shrooms, like Roger's son was doing, and 
well, that was that was really weird the first time. How soon did um, you transition to shrooms? Uh, you found marijuana at seven. How soon to the shrooms? I was about like maybe eight, I think. I don't really wow. remember that much. I'm I'm like sixteen now, and so it was a long time ago. Yeah, I yeah. I wonder whether uh, you know there's it's it's difficult to find out what the results are. We're not at the end of the story here at uh, sit with a sixteen year old. You know what yeah, did uh, um, what did you what would you say your reaction would have been had your parents caught you and handled you in a uh, oh they did they caught me what happened I've been caught about three times. At first I was caught with um with LSD. It was after shrooms. I was about maybe nine and a half when I tried LSD. <laughs> and I know and they they caught me with that um. At first, they were a little bit confused, and then like... How did they catch you with LSD? That's got to be one of the hardest ones to catch. Hang on, David. We'll bring you back. 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Pretty unbelievable story here from David. We'll uh, keep asking some questions. But we were. Here. I was amazed by the yeah, last story. Yeah, that's true. Anything can happen out there. I want to know more about the nine-year-old taking LSD. More coming up. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. We will try to slip your call in here uh, short on time. And talking about drugs, teenagers, uh, again, you're welcome to chime in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by our friends over at SACL CAI, Jason Osborne, the man behind the scenes there, huge supporters of Free Talk Live. Uh, really, if, if it wasn't for SACL CAI, a lot of this wouldn't be happening right now. And they've got a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL does business a little differently than most collections companies. They're going to treat your customers with respect, and they're actually going to record every single call so you can make sure that their employees are treating your customers with respect. Accountability. Uh, yeah. They've got the best equipment money can buy, and your business will be handled as efficiently as possible. So see their banner at freetalklive.com and learn more about our friends over at SACL CAI. Pass that information on to anybody you know that's got a business to run and accounts to collect on. All right, we continue with David in Connecticut. David, who is uh, in his mid-teens, uh, 16 years old, telling us that you've had quite a bit of experience with uh, narcotics, illegal narcotics, as a young man, saying that you started marijuana at age 7, moved up to mushrooms at age 8, and was uh, caught by your parents taking LSD at age 9. How did your parents discover that? Um, how, how did they find the LSD? Yeah. Well, it was... It was with my school books. I had it in between a page of my biology book, and um, I stupidly I had asked them for help on a project one night, Uh-oh. and it was on volcanoes, and the LSD was in between the volcano chapter. Oh dear. And yeah, and that really didn't end well for me. Like, they, what did you have? Like a whole sheet of it, or uh... yeah, I had a, I had a pretty big sheet of it. How were you getting a sheet of uh, LSD at age nine? Did someone just give it to you? Um. Well. One of my friends makes it. It's it's really a nine year old making LSD. Not <laughs> no. not not a nine year old. He's he was I believe twenty three at the time. You had a twenty three year old friend that was giving a nine year old LSD. Yes. Well, he was introduced I, to the marijuana by someone who was in older age bracket. Yeah, and not the world it, I'm living it, it, in. I can tell you it's that it's just like that. It's it's just like Roger's son. I'm pretty sure a, a friend's brother or something introduced right. him to marijuana, and so that that's the same thing that happened to me. But right. So I had a big sheet of LSD and. That was that was like my parents were were shocked that I had something like that. They like they, they expected something like marijuana, but they didn't find that. And then I'm shocked that the they LSD. even could tell a sheet of LSD from from scrap from scrap paper. Oh, it's I mean, pretty obvious. 
it, it and had, you know what uh, yeah, LSD it's, looks like. It's a different it's, like, texture and look. And, well, it's, it's a blotter, so it's got the, yeah. you know, the kind of the uh, squares and, and all that on it. It's, yeah. I wouldn't even – look, as a parent, seeing an, uh, my nine-year-old uh, with a sheet of blotter acid, and I know what blotter acid is, yeah. I, I, would be, I, I would be in denial. I wouldn't even imagine for a second that that, that could happen. How my, you... my, my parents were pretty shocked at first. Like, before anger, they, they were just shocked at, like, at themselves for – for not realizing what had happened, and I, I honestly, I don't blame them. I blame myself. It was just like a series of events that led to this. And when I when I get to around when I was 12, I had a really eye-opening experience with one of my friends that ended in tragedy. Um, but I'll get to that in a little bit. But like before that, it was just like they were blaming themselves for all the stuff that had happened to me. And I, I don't I don't believe that it's their fault. It's my own fault. I just had a lot, lots of tr- like troubles with myself at school. I was made mm-hmm. fun of. I was, I would, I believe when I was nine years old, I was around maybe seventy pounds, and I was I was really small. Uh, so seventy I was pounds small is small classes. I was made fun of, and that just like forced me into into drugs to get heavier stuff to make myself feel better about myself. And so then after after my parents caught me with LSD, they they were really furious. I was grounded for I believe two months, and then after that, I had um. I continued getting using LSD and other things, marijuana laced with LSD. I, I tried salvia for a little bit. That so, was, so your parents grounding you did not dissuade you from continuing. Not, not, not at all. It didn't, it didn't affect my. What do you think? What, what do you think? What are you hoping to achieve by uh, doing all these mind alter? What were you hoping to achieve by doing all these mind altering drugs at that age? I mean, I, I, I just, I cannot totally not relate. I was interested in Star Wars figures and playing guns with my friends. I mean, I can't even imagine uh, smoking marijuana and doing blotter acid at nine. <laughs> I, I I know I know exactly where you're coming from. Like I, I like looking back at it as a 16 year old. I don't know. I don't even know how I started that young. Like I don't I don't know like what I was trying to achieve. Was it like a self esteem issue that I had? It was probably. Uh, what, I mean, what were you doing? I mean, were you doing them doing it with friends? You you had friends that would do blotter acid with you. At, at first, with the marijuana and shrooms, it was with friends. And then after that, when they realized that there was like I wasn't going to stop, and I was like too intense, they they stopped. I lost. All of my friends, almost. It was just a horrible, horrible time in my life. And then, after that, at around 12 years old, I had one of my one of my remaining friends over. He was a really good friend of mine. We were wrestlers. Um, we were up in his bedroom. Uh, it was like the attic, and it had like one window. We 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 were taking acid, and it was a a bad trip to say the least. Oh boy. We 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 got convinced that the room had caught on fire. And we tried to jump out the window, and it was about, like, the third story of his house. My friend landed on his neck, broke his neck, and he's a paraplegic. Jeez. And I, I personally blamed myself for this tragedy after that. And after, you, know, you can't I, blame yourself. He made the choice to, uh, to do that. I know, but I, I, I pushed yourself. him into doing the drugs. I was, I was his gate, gatekeeper into that. Yeah, life. you influenced him. I see. Yeah. That's tough. And so after after this, tragedy, is he still yeah, your for, friend for today? About, does he does he still talk to you? No, I haven't I haven't seen him in three years or so. Wow. You still doing drugs? Uh, me? Yeah. Very very minimally now. Yeah, I'd, 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 I'd say you you should stop. Yeah, I, I've I'm trying. I've been in rehab a couple of times and. Lots of I've I've had help, but wow. I just keep going back to it. It's an so. amazing story, David, and I want to thank you for calling and sharing it with us. And I wish you uh, the the best of luck in in can, your. Can I just like sum up the rest of my life really fast in like a couple seconds? That way, like it it lets parents know like what these things can like lead to. Go ahead. So after after this alleged tragedy, 
I had done cocaine for about two years until I was 14. At 14, I started on crystal meth for a while. That eventually led to heroin as crystal meth became too expensive and heroin is the cheapest drug you can buy now. Yeah, where were you so, getting the money for all this? Um, I actually got a job at CVS. I worked at CVS. At 14? I worked the night shift, so I got around a lot of money, actually. And how and old my were brother, you? My brother also helped me out with that. David, so. how, how old were you at that time when you were working uh, at CVS? I got fake papers and a fake social security number and worked at CVS. Wow. You said you were small um, at uh, nine years old. You... I, got, I got a lot bigger. I hit my growth spurt when I was around 5'11", uh, 170 pounds by the time I was 13. What is your message for, uh, I mean, people out there? What, what can they take away from all this beyond, like, you know, the, the personal tragedy? Watch your kids. Like, keep, keep a close eye on them. Because next thing you know, they'll be probably calling a radio station. Oh, even thank you Told for you that. Dumb. Man, it was, yeah, it was a good story. He had his lies straight, man. He, had he was good, fast. It was good. I, I'm it, glad that he, he, uh, he men- mentioned it was a prank at the end yeah. because... You know, I'm just pretty it, shocking. It, huh? it was good enough that I just couldn't ca- call him call it BS. You oh, know? I knew the voice. I knew he was one of the uh, the EBV guys, and uh, I just wanted to hear how it was going to go. And he did a good job with it. Yeah, yeah. It, well, had us going. It, it, he's a good liar. Yeah. All right. So let's talk uh, quickly here to Nick in Illinois. You are on the amp line, Nick. No, maybe he's not on the amp line. Try Sam in Texas. Sam, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, gentlemen. The man, that guy, sucker punched y'all good. <laughs> Um, I think this the last caller, was it Robert, uh, at the, the top of the hour? Uh, Roger, who originally started the calls, yeah. Roger. I, I want to point out the difference um, in the in the come from. I think what he's doing is really living the libertarian principles um, in the in the sense that when he's going out to solving this to solve this problem, his intention is what's best for my son. Not what do I need to be right about, not the way government does things where they make the decision and then force everyone to play by their rules and solve problems by corporal punishment regardless of its effectiveness. I mean, he's really looking at, okay, what can I do for my son? How is, how is it going to help him? And look at, look at how the, the state is getting involved here. They're threatening to take his son away, put him out of his house, do all of these horrible things. Well, they, they would if the state was aware, but they, they, they don't know yet. The state doesn't Yeah, they know. don't. But, right. it, I mean, that, that's how they're offering to help, mm. basically, is to come in and, yep. and crack some heads and punish some people. Right. It's just, why, why do people just still believe in this uh, state of ours? I don't know, but I want you to call us tomorrow and let, you, uh, let us know what happened tonight. You were originally going to tell us about how you went to the city council meeting with some of your videos uh, from court. So I'm looking forward to hearing those stories. Call us tomorrow, Sam, and thank you for the call tonight. Let's go quickly. John in California, uh, you've got about 20 seconds, John. John in California. Hey, how are you guys doing? Hey, we're about short on time, but... Uh, okay, I just wanted to say, first of all, uh, I believe it was psychedelics he experimented with more than narcotics. Uh, at, at first, I'm saying, at first. He got into narcotics later on. But uh, everyone's saying, you know, what which, which you should do, you know, talk about how you feel. And, you know, this is pretty simple and everything, but uh, what better way than to just uh, sit him down, talk to him, and even play the conversation that he had with you guys, you know, where he was being very sincere yeah. about how he really felt, what... Lays it out better than that, talking to somebody other than his son. It's a good idea, and uh, thank you for the call and the suggestion, John. Yeah, out I didn't of time. think of that. Yeah, out of time for tonight, and if you wanted to get your ideas in, call tomorrow night. We'll talk about this then and uh, talk to you about whatever you want. It's Vinny in here with you. And Mark. See you online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. You ever have one of those days where everything goes right? 
First, I get the best parking space at work. Tonight, I have a date with the very lovely Rachel. And today, I gave a killer presentation in Sydney. Finalized the contract in London and demoed our new product in Boston. Online from my desk with WebEx. WebEx lets me take meetings and give presentations from my desk. I just talk to clients on the phone and they watch what's happening on my desktop from their desktop. So I can travel the world and still be here for my date tonight with Rachel. Travel less, meet online. Go to WebEx.com and try WebEx free. Just click the radio graphic and enter promo code 600 to get a free trial and a free webcam too. Remember that code? Code 600 to qualify for the free webcam. WebEx, now part of Cisco and used by more than 5.5 million people every month. Give it a try. Free. Go to WebEx.com and enter the promo code 600. W-E-B-E-X.com. Free webcams available while supplies last. Terms and restrictions apply. See website for details.